thought I wanted to share some few remarks before we before we before we we start the meeting. Somebody is troubling me now. Uh, before we start the meeting, and then being happy to see all of you being alive under COVID circumstances. We thought it take it would be important from to comment the partnership that the department is forming with organizations that want to contribute to improving the lives of our people. We are proud of the work that we have donated over 24 million towards 20,000 and 200 million bags, which we distribute across provinces. For families and babies, we need to We encourage that we have donated provinces. And where an update is important on the number of active provincial banks, as well as their contribution towards the pandemic. We are also proud of the NTA's participation in the top in the top empowerment virtual conference. We're also keen on hearing some of the key issues raised in relation to the real value of organized community development programs, which CEO Mzobe was speaking to. Most importantly, how the real value can be used to enhance and to enhance development of our CSOs beyond the pandemic. We are aware that the department launched the government-to-government social and behavior change program for children, and this was done in collaboration with the United States Agency for International Development. Funds have been availed by the, that's what I will inform, that funds have been availed by the U.S. government to implement two flagship social behavior change programs, including Only Life Once and Tomi, which are important in raising issues around reducing risky sexual behaviors to prevent HIV infections and also to build and instill responsible behavior, self-esteem and self-confidence in the age group between 10 and 24. These programs, honorable members, are important in the type of South Africa that we are building. And it will be important for the department to update us on these programs as we need to be rolling out these programs in our constituencies. Having said that, may I take this opportunity, honorable members, to welcome you all and check. Welcome you all. Welcome the minister. I can see the minister. (laughs) Good morning, Michael. Welcome the department. Welcome you, honorable members, all of you. Check, Ms. Tabo, if there are any apologies. Uh, yes, Chairperson, there's only one apology I've received is from the Deputy Minister. She won't be with us today due to prior commitments. That's the only apology with me. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Honourable Members, can we table the Deputy Minister's apology? Yes, Chair, yes. we accept the apology. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. You you were quiet for too long. (laughs) 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 No, it's me, Chairperson. It's Minister. I'm also 
Yeah, good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, members. I, I'm also um, submitting an apology. I'll, I'll be here and then I'll have to go to another meeting with the, the Department of uh, Higher Education and then I'll come back again. Okay, thanks, Minister. Uh, so that is where we are, honorable members. Uh, but I thought even before we start, Maybe one or two questions need to be raised as we proceed. There is a, an analysis document done by our content advisor, which raised questions, which I, I said this morning should be sent to the ADGs because it is important to respond, Minister, on those questions, which are raised from your report before even if we go through it. I'm not sure if ADG received or the department received those questions. A very good morning to you, uh, Honorable Chairperson and members of the committee. Yes, indeed. Uh, thank you very much. We have seen it and we will certainly uh, address uh, that uh, within the context of the presentation. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, maybe I thought it's also important for members to draw attention to the fact that at our last engagement, we noted with concern that our 8 million South Africans are at risk on food insecurity as a result of the pandemic. And by I can see that all these questions I'm raising are also raised in that document. Maybe let's leave it there. I think we move now. We seem to be moving fast, Minister. By the time you go to another meeting, we might be done. <laughs> uh, am I correct, Mr. Bo, to say we go to the department now? Uh, Chap, I can just fly the agenda. The next item is to adopt the agenda of today's meeting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my apologies. Fly the agenda, please. Okay. Can you see the agenda? Oops. No. No. Ooh. I can't see it yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not yet. Okay, John. I like the sound of the cock crowing behind there, so people are at home. Oh. No, as long as you know it's not from my house. <laughs> uh, can you see it now, John? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Please scroll it up. Up. Roll it up. Mm -hmm. Again. Push it upward. Okay, Chen. Can't you see? Uh -huh. it's, going too far. it's not moving. I know. It's not moving on your side, Chen. No. On my side. Oh, yes. For us, it's moving up and down. It's okay. I've seen it. I've I don't seen it. Honorable <laughs> yeah. yes. members, can I table the agenda for adoption? Only one item today. And uh, of course, others are internal uh, committee businesses. Can I table the agenda, honorable members? Honorable members. Yes. Honorable Bumbana, propose the acceptance of the agenda. Honorable Super, second. There is a second. Uh, so the agenda is 
Yes. Does anyone want to say anything? Can I move the agenda, Chair? Does anyone want to say anything? Yes. No, you can remove it. I think members are fine with the agenda. Thank you very much. Uh, now, can you move straight to the department, Honorable Minister? Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, and a very good morning to all members, and thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to continuously uh, present our progress, uh, but also um, for your your continued... On my... Uh, yes. What is happening now? Yeah. Right. Uh, they, they, they have to mute. Can everyone mute, please? Yes. Okay. The red one is for this one. Tammy, mute. Tammy, mute. The one who says mute has not muted. I'm the only one who's supposed to stay unmuted. Once you assist me, it means you're not muted. Thank you very much. Proceed, Minister. Um, thank you, Chairperson. And as I said, good morning to, to all members. Um, I'm, I, I wish to say to members, I, hopefully we stay safe. Hopefully we um, uh, keep to the COVID protocols. We do everything we can just to make sure that we save lives. But I've always said to the department, you cannot go save other lives when you can't save yourself. So you've got to start with yourself by ensuring that you do the right thing. Uh, by this unfortunate situation that we have in South Africa. My second point, Chair, is to also thank you all members from the budget review engagements to yesterday's engagements. I wish to thank you for your sharp eyes and your sharp words in, 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 in trying to get us to do the right thing according to the programs and the plans that we consistently bring to you. And I do want to say, Chairperson, that under no circumstance uh, do I want to make any member feel any discomfort at any point because mine is to say that when people are constructive in their criticism, our responsibility is to respond adequately and properly to that criticism because I fully understand the role and responsibility of uh, and members doing their oversight. I've been there before, so I know exactly what needs to be done. And I continue to uh, promise that we will do everything we can. Sometimes we have the, um, the, the, the challenges. I was on SAFM, I mean, I was on SABC this morning, and they were flighting all the SMSs and emails that are sent by people who are saying they haven't received their 350. And again, uh, Sasa continues to try and fix the system so that everybody who deserves to get the money deserves um, gets the money. I think what is very important, Chairperson, at this point in time, I have said to the department, let us start looking at the lessons learned uh, in this period. And lessons learned in this period, not for the purpose of just lessons learned, but lessons learned that can then enable us to change our system where we need to change. Um, uh, improve where we need to improve, but when all is said and done, we need to make sure that we, 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 we do the best to serve the people of South Africa. And also we use the resources that we have properly 
um, in, in, in supporting our people. One of the issues that I'm, I'm raising with the department and, and the portfolio, in fact, is to say to them, yes, we are the Department of Social Development, but we have a contribution to make also in terms of social transformation, in terms of economic transformation. Um, I'm raising the issue with the department and the portfolio to say, when we're buying uh, the PPEs that we are talking about, we must be conscious of uh, 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 what President Silja Maposa had said to us, that we must make sure that the money doesn't go wasted, the money is not involved in any corrupt practices. In fact, I, I'm happy to announce, to say that uh, the Auditor General's office is engaging with us because the President said they must do the auditing as we do the work and not wait until the end. We've already had our first meeting with the Auditor General, and the Auditor General has raised the, the Auditor General's office has raised issues which they they say we we must be on the lookout for. Uh, we must avoid blind spots, and we had a very good meeting with them. I'm just hoping that my meeting with the department and the portfolio SASA and NDA, what we said at at at, the, at that meeting with the um, Auditor General's uh, office will bear fruit because I can sit here as a minister and say I'd like to see things going this way and that way, but I've got officials who are sitting behind the desk who have to make sure that these decisions are implemented. But the Auditor General is um, happy with the fact that we're able to, to meet with, with his office. I don't want to deal with the lessons learned so far. I think the department can be able to deal with the lessons learned so far, but basically the lessons are to assist us sharpen our system for the future. There's a lot that we need to change, uh, change for simply improving so that our responses uh, respond, uh, our interventions respond to the real needs of the people. I can now give over to the, the ADG. Uh, Mr. Sabo, how much time is the department having? Uh, they have 15 to 20 minutes, Chairperson. So, can you take your 15 minutes, uh, ATG? You, you even need less than that. You need less than that. I've looked at the summary of your submission. All right, ATG, thanks, Minister, very much for those uh, opening remarks. But present. Unmute. You must unmute. Sorry, sorry, my apologies. I'm hoping that we'll be able to stay within the time frame given. I think we may just go slightly over because we want to uh, touch on uh, some of the fundamental things, particularly those raised in the note, um, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Minister. Um, and take our cue from the guidance of the Minister in her remarks um, in that um, all the work that we do as a DSD um, we do uh, thinking and noting that um, uh, there are many people uh, who really rely on the services of the DSD and we have to do our utmost best. And even though um, the, the COVID crisis is also having a, an impact on the delivery of our services in some in some cases we in we have to close offices, etc. Um, we're also seeing that uh, some of our uh, our staff are also succumbing to the uh, to, 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 to the pandemic. Uh, we continue to press forward and indeed to ensure 
ensure that uh, we, 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 we deliver on our mandates uh, as proper. If we could go to the first slide of the presentation. Of course, Chairperson, we're presenting to this committee uh, by way of providing an update uh, on the on 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 the <clears throat> on the social sector uh, uh, on the on the responses that we've um, on the rather the response measures that we've put in place uh, as it relates to COVID-19 and as guided by the committee we will deal with four high level issues and that's the issue of reopening of ECDs uh, as well as DSD faci uh, facilities and centres. Uh, we will also deal with the issue of uh, the special COVID-19 grant and, of course, the uh, 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 the state of food security as it relates to uh, the mandates of the department. Um, then we will also deal with the capacity um, uh, uh, supported by our, uh, or rather the, the, the capacity support provided by the NDA. Um, and then uh, we, we are, of course, also noting, Chair, that we've presented to this committee a few times um, and um, uh, how we've been uh, how the sector has been affected uh, as we move through the risk-adjusted strategy um, and um, uh, through the various alert levels, of course. So we, we, in this case, we will deal with it not just in terms of alert level three, but we will touch on a number of areas uh, leading to that. If you go, go to slide number three, um, of course, uh, um, as the peak arrives, uh, the challenges um, are also affecting the and, uh, and uh, we anticipate that this, of course, will, will continue uh, and the impact, of course, will be largely felt uh, by the poor and most vulnerable uh, in society. And, of course, we know that uh, the majority of our people that are poor uh, and uh, have challenges, as we presented in the previous presentation, are those largely that are, are in rural and peri-urban areas and, indeed, the outskirts uh, of, of, of cities uh, and so on. Um, uh, of course, the, the instability of COVID-19 worsens, worsens starvation, unemployment, uh, and uh, the ramifications uh, uh, are that uh, we've had, it has had an impact on the gains that we've, that we've recorded. So some of these gains... Uh, of DG, DG, uh, DG, can you fly to your input, please? Uh, uh, Chair, I, 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 no, I thought the, the, the Secretariat was going to fly it. They had indicated they will share it, but we'll try. Someone, can you share it, please? Um, we will try and share it from the side. I'm on slide number three. I did, 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 I is on this amange eh uzo in this sushenge ai tshola mapiro this but in the meantime proceed eh siyabonga hlalo um so we're saying that um, what's happening with COVID is that we are seeing that uh, in most cases it's actually reversing some of the gains that we've recorded uh for example we have been making a serious dent in poverty levels in the country but COVID has now exacerbated or increased uh, 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 the gains that we've recorded in that end. So um, we've also felt the impact on service delivery, et cetera. So our, our, our responses, therefore, are in aid of uh, addressing those issues. Um, and of course, in, the, in, in, in what, what we're also seeing out of COVID is that um, really the structural inequalities and deep-rooted social uh, injustices such as poverty and inequality are increasing. 
Um, so uh, what we are doing as a department, we we are being propelled to fast track um, the, the, the the work around our proper uh, social protection agenda and policies in that regard. And uh, as you would know, uh, to, we've reported to the committee previously that uh, we are paying a lot of attention on uh, the white paper on social development, which of course will lead uh, towards the development of a uh, of a social uh, a social development act, which uh, we currently don't have in the country, and many departments have an act that govern the work that they do. Uh, and uh, we think that this will be the cornerstone of all the work that we do as a department. We're also looking into comprehensive social security reforms uh, to ensure that we address uh, these issues. Okay, uh, Jefferson, we are also saying that um, in addition, uh, we're strengthening our capacity, both in terms of human capacity and in terms of resources, and we're investing uh, quite heavily into ICT uh, and uh, our policies and the programs that we are running, we are making sure that these are impact driven and these are policies and programs that are speaking to the to the specific felt needs on the ground. So we've increased social workers, as you are aware, as we presented in the previous meeting. Of course, this is still not enough. There are many uh, un, um, uh, 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 social workers who are still unemployed and graduates in that end, uh, but we're doing our utmost best and we take our cue from provinces like the Free State who are actually extending uh, the, the the term of so of social workers that uh, we began to to crowd into uh, into the provinces, um, and most of these, of course, are beginning are dealing with uh, COVID nineteen related matters. In terms of gender based violence, again, we've increased the number of social workers at that end, so that we're able to address uh, this matter um, much more. Um, so, if you can go to the next slide, I'm on slide number four. Uh, the progress on reopening of DSD facilities. Of course, you would note that um, uh, we meet uh, every Monday with the provinces to discuss the impact uh, of the work uh, of the of COVID-19 on the sector, and we put together measures in place that are able to deal with with these at the various uh, alert levels. Uh, and uh, we are saying here basically that uh, uh, we've had to close a number of our centres, and uh, as the economy, of course, opens. Uh, it becomes inevitable that our senses also begin to open gradually uh, in that regard. And then we are saying um, um, we're not compromising our services uh, and we're taking into consideration the, uh, the, 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 the beneficiaries of our services in those centers. So their safety comes first and we are putting together standard operating procedures and various measures to ensure that they are, are, are taken care of accordingly and that uh, the quality of our service is not compromised in any way. If you could then go to the next slide. Okay, let's talk to ECDs briefly. Uh, this, this slide basically shows that uh, we have about uh, 17,000 ECDs uh, that uh, the number of ECDs that are currently registered. Uh, they are about 28,384 um, ECDs that are unregistered. Um, in fact, this is just from the preliminary data that we've received through the Bangasali program. Uh, we know that there are much more. In fact, our estimates are around 33,000 to 35,000 of unregistered ECDs. And as you would note, uh, we are doing our utmost best to ensure that uh, they register through the Bangasali program. And I think uh, even though in some cases it's moving a little bit slow, uh, we are really trying to uh, uh, move uh, quite swiftly in this regard and working closely with the provinces to that end. 
Um, you then will see that uh, there are a number of assessments that have been done, both online and manual. Uh, and if you see that um, the the there are more uh, manual uh, uh, assessments, self-assessments that have been done over the the uh, online uh, uh, assessments, it tells a story that majority of our ECDs uh, are still not in the space uh, where they are uh, accessible to computers and ICT and other related matters. So most of them are still largely on the outskirts um, and uh, in deep rural areas. Um, okay, so this is the, basically the dashboard that speaks to that. Uh, our teams are on the ground throughout all provinces and are dealing with those issues. I want to just say that in terms of some of the measures that we've put in place, we indicated at the last meeting that we've reprioritized about 64 million rand from our infrastructure grant uh, that will be uh, focused more on uh, supporting uh, SMM, uh, sorry, and supporting uh, ECDs uh, with PPEs in the main. Uh, we are also saying that um, we've prepared guidelines and standard operating procedures. Uh, both for parents and the actual ECDs themselves uh, to ensure that uh, they, 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 they follow uh, the protocols um, uh, in that regard. These are, of course, in various languages and across all provinces. Uh, we've strengthened the capacity of uh, practitioners and extended our support to that end. Uh, we've decentralized the procurement uh, of, 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 uh, of, the, of the distribution of, we've decentralized the procurement uh, and uh, we've created distribution plans and, of course, the procurement is done by provinces, so they are the ones who are creating the plans and we're providing guidelines. But key to our plans uh, to, to this procurement, we want to just highlight that uh, we are saying that the procurement must be done from SMMEs in those particular provinces uh, and those cooperatives that are supported by the NDA so that um, uh, we, 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 we are not just providing uh, support uh, in terms of uh, capacity building and training to our cooperatives, but we're also providing a market base for them to be able to, to tap into that. Um, I spoke about the Bangasali program. I think uh, I just want to also highlight two things on here in line with the questions raised by yourself, Chairperson. Um, we, 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 we've recently secured about 1.3 billion runs uh, to be able to um, assist uh, ECDs, particularly with regards to compliance. Um, and uh, we're going to be employing around 36,000 young people uh, and uh, not just young people, but of course we want to focus on young people because that's where the unemployment uh, is, is really uh, hardest hit from 18 years upwards. And so we want to be looking at uh, employing compliance monitors uh, to be able to ensure that uh, ECDs are compliant across the, 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 the districts of the country. And um, we, we, we are working on this plan. We've just recently secured this about a week and a half ago. And uh, we're beginning to put plans in place to be able to ensure that we roll this support out. Now, um, I just want to also highlight that in terms of the, 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 um, the minister has issued directions, of course, that speak to uh, the, the, the ECDs and in terms of how they should, be, they should be operating in this regard. Let me quickly jump to the next slide. Um, Shange, do you want to quickly speak to this one? We're on slide number seven, honorable members. Thank you, Chairperson and honorable members. Mine is just to, to say, in addition to the facilities such as ECTs, we are also in the process of doing the reopening 
of our facilities, especially those that are providing services for persons with disabilities. And just the three to highlight are those that are about the daycare centers. We have about eight plus above 820 of those facilities across provinces and the DSD, uh, the daycare centers in particular run by NGOs, which are funded by us as DSD and others are funded by Department of Health. And those centers and facilities, the daycare centers, uh, are, are enrolling children with severe or profound intellectual disabilities. This will include children with uh, autism and so forth, and that cannot be admitted to special schools. So these children and understand and appreciate, they rely heavily on the care of an adult or a carer uh, so that they are able to interact with the, with the environment. So as a DSD, we've been providing, we've already known about this, 321, but we collaborated with the DBE and uh, to assist us. And we conducted an audit, and that audit had found that we've got about above 820 of those daycare centers. In addition to those facilities, we also have protective workshops, which are providing the day programs to the adults with severe disabilities. And of course, they can be absorbed within employment, and they can be made functional and be productive. Uh, within an institution uh, without having to stay there and on daily basis. So they are able to produce some of the work in terms of crafts and so forth that they could be able uh, uh, to sell. And to this day, we are in the process of making sure that we assist those protective workshops in terms of being the facilities so that they are able to function in a proper way. The final one, of course, would be the residential care facilities that are there that are providing the, the residential facility so that they're able to be provided permanent care uh, and protection to support and be able to make sure that they are stimulated and rehabilitated, especially for those persons with, with, with disabilities. We are providing a subsidy to about 136 of those. And Chairperson, just to, to, to in, 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 in closing on, on this part, before I hand over to the, to the DG, is that we, we, we have also taken cue from the ECD space in terms of learning lessons from them. We have developed the SOTs in terms of standard operating procedures and also made sure that as well they are ready and we are able to follow protocols as uh, as we, we are endeavor to do with regard to the ECD space. I'll hand over to the DG uh, as well to make sure that we are able to protect the staff, the children, as well as the adults that are occupying those facilities. Thank you, Chairman. Sanitize. Sanitize. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. So if you then go to slide number 10 on the presentation, uh, this is where we are dealing with the response measures, of course, um, uh, with regards to grants. Um, and of course, you would note that uh, we uh, have started the socioeconomic measures to mitigate the impact of COVID-19. Uh, We've introduced... Uh, did, did you? Did you? If we could take about 10 more minutes, Chair, we should be fine. Ten. Yes, Chair, All we've right. got three All hours right. in the meeting, take I thought. All right. Thank, take thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. If you could go to slide number nine, basically what we are saying here, and I'll ask my colleagues to come in from Sasa, 
is that we are just refreshing, of course, the, the various measures that we've put in place, which include the child support grants of the increase of 300 rand, uh, which was in May, uh, the top-ups to all grants at 250 rands, and of course, the, the, the 500 rand um, um, uh, social relief of distress for caregivers, uh, per caregiver, which started from June to October, and the 350 special COVID grant. Uh, we've, uh, there's an allocation of 40.9 million. 40 million. Uh, we were originally allocated 30, 33 billion rand, and of course, with the um, as part of the, the recent adjust, uh, budget adjustments, uh, this has increased. And we, of course, know that we're now also providing this support to asylum seekers and special permit holders. I'm going to ask my colleagues from SASA to continue with the next slide. It's slide number 10. CEO. Good morning, honorable, good morning, chair, good morning, members. Uh, it's important to note that the report that we have here is a report that we provided a week ago. So the numbers have changed, but stick to the numbers that uh, we provided at the time that we did the report. Uh, this talks to uh, the, the number of applications that we've processed and the numbers that we've approved and the numbers have since increased to 5 million. Uh, it's important to remember that uh, the, the, the number of applications that we had declined previously as a result of UIF was since uh, re-evaluated and uh, about a million of them were approved. That's why we now are sitting at uh, 5 million. The number of payments that we've made, we made payments for May, but there's also a, a number of payments that we've made for June and July at the time of reporting, it was sitting at 1.9 million uh, in terms of the numbers that we had paid, and it's currently sitting as at yesterday at uh, almost 4 million people that we've we've paid. And the amount that we had dispersed as at um, Monday when we did the report was sitting at 2.9 billion. Uh, these are the numbers that uh, have been approved and declined in the different provinces. Uh, Sheng, you can Sheng, you can go back to the to the next slide. So these are the numbers per province in terms of what has been uh, dispersed uh, for payments of May and those uh, for June and July. It's important to note that for June and July, we're actually doing double payments and we're currently paying at about 500,000 uh, accounts per day. Hence, uh, the numbers are increasing daily and we're sitting at where we're sitting now. Go to the next slide. Go to the next slide. It's important to note that there is a, a, the, the bulk of the, the applications for May have been, uh, those that have been approved have been paid, but there's uh, about 7,000 uh, that we have not paid because of, of the challenges that we have with regards to uh, the clients not uh, providing the, the appropriate uh, detail and We've continued to send them um, SMSs to make sure that they can verify the information so that we can put closure. And these are the issues that the minister was was raising in terms of um, uh, those people that are still complaining that they haven't been paid uh, in May. We we sent uh, uh, um, SMSs again, and this is uh, the this is as a result of bank account details not being correct all the personal details being uh, not being correct. And some of them uh, would be people that have uh, uh, gone to, 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 to support to receive their, their, their grants. 
and the, the responses mm. to the SMSs in some instances, you find that people go before they actually receive the SMSs. Uh, we have mm. had a number mm. of challenges, but uh, we've resolved them as at yesterday, and we're looking at other opportunities in terms of what other areas we can look at in terms of how we, we actually do the, the payment. Can you go to slide number 16? Uh, it's important to note that in terms of the engagements that we've had with the AG, there's a number of other databases that we now have to look at before we can actually do the, 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 the approvals. Uh, and these include uh, the, the, the database for, for the, for the uh, prisoners uh, in terms of people that are with correctional services and a whole range of other databases. And we're beginning to look at that and we're they also will. going to start doing the means test. Go to slide number 15. What is happening? We can't hear you. I'm here, Chair. What do you hear? What is trembling you? Okay, let, let me look at this one, Chair. Slide number 17, which talks to uh, all the grants that we paid for both May and, and June, can, particularly. Can other people hear you? Yes, Chairperson. Yeah, it's quite clear on my side. Can other people hear you? Yes, we yes. can. Yes, Chairperson, we can hear you. Can I continue, Chair? He said you can continue. All right. Yes. All right. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so we noted the, the number of uh, grants that we paid uh, for the uh, month of June in terms of all the different top-ups. Which are actually, which is actually in 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 slide number eighteen. So those are the grants that we we paid, um, which is our normal grants over and above uh, the 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 SRD uh, a grant that we've been paying. So chair, I want to leave it at that so that we can be able to take the questions. Uh, I believe uh, DSD will take the, the the rest of the slides on food security program. Thank you very much, uh, CEO, um, for that. Just on food on slide number 17, we're quickly saying just about three or four things here. We're saying that um, the demand, of course, as we indicated in the previous presentation, is really much greater than what we actually have and is indeed growing um, by the day. So what we've done, Chair, in line with the, the plan that we proposed that, that, that we tabled to this committee uh, a few weeks ago, we've now put together a bid and uh, that is going to the National Treasury and uh, we are seeking additional funds in that regard. Um, I just want to also just highlight that um, even though we've had to amend our processes in terms of moving from uh, um, uh, 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 from providing hot plates of food to providing knock and drop, uh, we are saying that the other institutions that are also doing the same, and we're not the only ones as the DSD uh, who are, 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 are dealing with issues of food security, and we're really trying to find a way of working with other institutions uh, and other government departments in this regard. What is also important is that I think we, I think if I'm not mistaken, we must have received um, close to about 
in my rough estimates, we are sitting very close to around 16 million, if just not over 60 million runs in donations uh, from uh, uh, various uh, organizations and private sector institutions. And uh, in the minister's statement yesterday, she actually mentioned uh, those, and uh, we are really grateful to those. And uh, we are aware that there are many others who want to continue to contribute towards this course, and uh, we, we stand ready to work with them uh, through our provinces in this regard. I think the other important thing to say here uh, is that uh, the gap is still very much large and we are doing our best and we as governments in ourselves uh, are not going to make it alone. It's not possible that we can all do it, that as government alone will be able to address this, but we need that level of partnership between the private sector and um, uh, uh, civil society to be able to meet uh, this great need. And um, uh, we did, of course, the minister last week uh, handed over some uh, support from a number of uh, uh, NGOs uh, to uh, the Gauteng province uh, through their food bank, uh, and uh, we'll be doing so as well in the free state in the coming days, and of course other provinces in that regard. So we're also saying that in terms of the digital uh, uh, MNE systems, we've issued the terms of reference, and uh, we've issued uh, the request for, for and uh, some people have already been sending out some proposals. We have received unsolicited bids, uh, but we have to put that through the proper procurement processes accordingly, and um, uh, we're, we're working on that. Of course, we're not ignoring uh, those that have come in. Uh, so we've issued the, the terms of reference in that regard. Now, in terms of the, 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 the hybrid model that we're looking at, we're saying we, we, we're not going to move completely from food parcels uh, into, into uh, e-vouchers uh, and, and forget that the fact that there are still uh, some people who may not have phones and not be able to access food parcels. So we're saying we're going to implement a hybrid model. And uh, we've started doing this work. Um, uh, and uh, we are currently in discussions and about to uh, finalize the work that we're doing together with Solidarity Fund, and we'll be piloting that. Um, and it will be close to 100 million runs um, that we'll be piloting um, uh, 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 that process in that regard. I also want to just say that if you go to the next slide, oh, that's, yeah, that's the one, slide number 18, we're saying, um, we still require uh, uh, um, a whole lot of money. Of course, this is uh, what we've spent so far. We've fed over 6 uh, million people with over 1.2 million food parcels, and I think it's it continues to rise, that number. But if you go to slide number 19, we're saying that, um, uh, of course, what we require is 868 million runs. That's just for a period of what three months. You have to multiply that by three. Department. Sorry, Chairperson? So we're saying that um, if you had to multiply that by nine months, it's around 2.6 billion runs. Chairperson, uh, uh, I've got a problem. I think it's hello? just like you. Uh, yes, Chair, we can hear you. Hello, um, maybe, maybe I can just also add, uh, if you go to the next slide, um, we, we're saying that um, uh, I indicated this already that we're looking at a multi-pronged approach and the progress in terms of where we are uh, with regards to some of what we presented previously at the meeting. If you can go to slide number 21, I'll ask the CEO uh, of SASA, to, of NDA, to quickly deal with that slide, and then we are done, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much. CEO of, of NDA. Well done. Uh, thank, thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, Chairperson, members and minister and DG. Thank you. Uh, this one will take two minutes. We've uh, expanded the program. Initially, we had 580 volunteers. However, now we've expanded to 2,000 volunteers mm -hmm. with 200 CSO. Initially, we had 52 civil society organizations in 52 districts, and we are implementing the 50, 32 million. 
uh, to implement the advocacy and awareness in all communities, to continue to assist the CNDC in distributing their food parcels, and also to assist the, the, the SASA, especially on pay and grant paydays, Kuma Shaling, um, the assistance of the communities to apply, to continue to apply for the relief grant, and the collection of data on household for our better planning going forward with other departments. As we sit today, we've reached more than 145,000 households. Uh, we have distributed 69,000 uh, food parcels uh, by these volunteers. And the SASA SRD applicants currently received over 100,000 that has been assisted. We'll encourage the, the entire portfolio to continue to procure the PPEs for staff in all facilities from NDA supported cooperatives like how the and SMEs, like how the ADG has alluded to, and the ministers continuously as, uh, encouraging the portfolio committee, the portfolio uh, department, and as well as other donors, private donors to procure from these women, local women and young women in the main. Thank you, Adrian DG. Let me say. Honorable Stop, are you around? I'm around, Honorable Chair. 
Thank you very much. Please, can you take five minutes per person? I'll come back. Thank you. Okay. Honorable is on, on the platform. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you for the presentation and greetings to everyone, Chairperson, the members, Minister, and everyone. Uh, firstly, I'd like to my questions to pose my questions to NDA. Uh, I need to find out from them in terms of their volunteers that were meant to assist with uh, registration or applications in townships and in rural areas of people who do not have uh, the required uh, gadgets to do that on, on their own. How far is that process? And if someone needs their assistance, how do we get hold of them? Uh, secondly, still on NDA, on the issue of the procurement of uh, PPEs, uh, I would like to find out that uh, in terms of being ready, how many cooperatives and SMMEs that you have in your database that are ready to procure these PPEs? And do they even provide the PPEs? Will they be uh, procured to provide PPEs for ECDs as well? Because I'm sure there is a specialized uh, masks that will be needed for young children in ECDs. And moving to SASA, uh, in, in regards to the disability grant applications, what is the process? Can we have an update on that? Are people still referred uh, to apply for the 350 instead of the 1,800 on the disability grant? And if that's the case, how, when will we open the registrations for disability grants? Uh, in terms of the 350, I'd like to know that those who uh, their, their applications were declined and later are, are, are going through the process of review, what is the timeline? How long should a person wait while their application is being reviewed after being declined that they may get a notification and payment uh, of the 350? Uh, in terms, oh, I forgot one for NDA. In terms of the 32 million rand, there was, I had a concern in terms of accountability and reporting and monitoring the money that has been uh, 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 given to, what do you call them, CSOs, uh, in terms of for, for the volunteers and for that running the programs of COVID. Do we have now, because when I asked previously, there was no accountability, a way of reporting and monitoring the expenditure of the money given to the CSOs. Do we have that now? And lastly, um, you're not lastly, Zinians. Okay, I, the issue of the daycare centers that are for children with disabilities. <clears throat> uh, could we possibly know where, where they, what they are, who they are, where they are? Because there are a lot of young children who are at home, cannot find places. I think I know about three or four of them in my township alone. They are staying at home because they do not, they cannot get any daycare centers for children with the, with their severe disabilities. They are, they cannot do anything for themselves. They are fed. They are washed. They cannot do anything for them. So if there are any schools like that, would we be able to get in Gauteng, especially around Mutlaking? Where can a child like that in Mutlaking Township go? Because there are children I know in that area that needs that kind of uh, 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 daycare. 
for the disabilities, I just needed to find out for, for, for my understanding, is there any interaction or working together with the Department of Women, uh, Youth and Persons with Disability when dealing with uh, people with disabilities? And what is their input? What is their contribution uh, in terms of that? I think that is all, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Mgwenya. Uh, the next Honorable Member. Who's the next Honorable Member, uh, Lindy Wey? Member Breit, Acting Chair. And after oh, that is Iris. Okay, Member Breit. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Acting Chairperson. Thank you, thank you Honorable Stock. I'm back. Oh, no, thank you very much. Thank you, Madiba. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chairperson. So, sorry, Lindy, I thought I was third. That's why I didn't come in. Chairperson, I think Honorable Nguenya um, um, covered largely my questions with regard to ECDs. Um, just maybe um, a clarity. I know many um, ECDs that have closed down since basic education. So those ECDs that are with primary schools. And I would just like to 100% um, get, get clarity from the department that ECDs can still continue um, as, as they are going on, you know, as they are going forward. Um, and then I just wanted to find out lastly with, with ECDs and um, the decentralization of the supplies of PPEs. I think it is a very good initiative to actually ask for SMMEs to provide those PPEs. Um, I think that would pro provide um, great assistance and much needed assistance in the economy. But how is the department ensuring that we are not seeing big cases of, of corruption in that regard? I know the president announced that, that we are addressing corruption, but is there some sort of monitoring and evaluation from the department side to ensure that provincial departments um, are not being found guilty in that. Um, Chairperson, then maybe just um, speaking to SASA officers, um, I have had a number of complaints from, from SASA officers, um, specifically speaking to our regional office in Bloemfontein, that has not been adhering to the dates for, um, for people with disabilities and, and old age people um, to actually apply for grants. Um, and the staff have actually put, you know, there's no social distancing within the lines of those offices um, and the staff are quite rude and are shouting at our, at our elders. And that is, is, is really problematic to me. And I know, Minister, you said that, that we really need to, to roll that out. And, and as I commended before, um, our, our call centres and so on are, real, are really working um, but when, when you get through to them. But that is really a concern for me. And then I would like to focus on the 350 Rand SRD grant. Um, CO you did mention that the appeals process has been completed, but I would like to find out, I still know of a number um, specifically with, re with regards to RP5s and with regards to UIF um, of people that have requested appeals that are still not completed, but that they also have not received, um, they send an email and then they get no feedback from whether their, their appeal has been registered. Um, if we can just get clarity on how that process works and what kind of is the the deadline period for for that those appeals if you then apply to that and also just some clarity as i've seen in in, in some of those instances would we then those that were declined but those that were also accepted are we running all of them through through the databases again for june and july payments and then obviously to october um uh, and 
Sorry, I'm just trying to to see what is here. A number of them, a number of of the the 350 rand grant applicants have also mentioned that they cannot get through to any of the telephone lines, not those specific zero one three numbers or the 0800 number, um, whatsoever. And and then banking details is a great problem. I've had um, some of the members that have submitted their their banking details and then received SMSs that they can they can go and make get their payments at the post office. And some people that have been approved in May already that have submitted their banking details and that haven't even received one payment. Where can they double check? Where where can we go along uh, in in that um in 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 that regard? And then I'm just trying to confirm here. And what is the deadline then, um, CO, you mentioned for payments, um, for July payments, you are running through and and, fi- uh, and you're doing 500,000 payments a day. But when can we expect those payments to be completed? Because I'm having a number of, of, of people as well saying that we've received May month, but we haven't received SMSs yet. And people that go to the post office and they don't want to go, um, when, by when can they expect those those July payments actually to be made, Chairperson? And I think that is all from my side. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Brad. Honorable Aris. Good morning, Chair. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good Mr. morning. Good morning, all members. Um, Chair, mine is just. Proceed. Honorable Aris, she's gone. Can we take Honorable Saker in the meantime? Good morning, Chair. Yes. Am I on? Yes, we can hear you. Um, Mike, I just got one question, Chairperson. I just need to know from the department, how do we link people now that are in need of food um, parcels? How do we link them to the processes of the department? Um, that is the most important question currently for me. We've had um, in the... I mentioned in the beginning of our engagements around COVID-19 and food insecurity that there is a hundred people in an informal um, area in the Northern Cape that we are struggling to get food to. I have engaged with the distributors that the department has um, appointed. Those people up till today has not received any food um, support uh, or food parcels. So I just need to understand how do we link vulnerable people that I need a food distribution with the department, um, with the department's um, solutions. That's all, Chair. Thank Thank you, Honorable Seika. Is Honorable Aris back? Uh, Not yet, Chair. She she left the meeting. Honorable Stock. 
Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, let me also take this opportunity to welcome the opening remarks, uh, the political input from the Chairperson, which was actually thought-provoking. We really appreciate it. And then also the opening remarks from the Honorable Minister. Uh, Chairperson, I think uh, my questions were covered by Honorable Mbwenya. It was precisely on the 350 SRD appeal uh, mechanisms. As to if we say, if the department says, for an example, they've got systems in place uh, to deal with the review and appeals mechanism, uh, what is the time frame? If you put your appeal, when can it be handled? But also, I also wanted to converse another point. If you look at our constituencies, in particular where I'm based, uh, there are post offices where uh, our ordinary people, when they approach or they go to such post offices, they are not being assisted to uh, to get their grants. Like for an example, let me be specific about Kimberley in the Northern Cape. In Kimberley, all the other post offices which are in the townships, like for an example, your Modepan area, your Haleshewe township, and all of that, those post offices are not assisting our people in terms of the SRD grant. Everybody, if you go if you are in a township, uh, you go to such a post office, you are being referred to town. Now, our people must struggle now. You must get into a taxi, mode of transport. You must get to town, to the post office in Kimberley town. Now, my only problem about that is that, and then some of them, they go to town. They need to get uh, uh, some mode of transport to get to town, to only go to the post office in town to go and ask, is my application been approved? When am I getting it and all of that? And it also creates a problem because now the queues are very long uh, and all of that. So maybe we need to speak to the department and say, the other post offices that are there through the department, can you speak to them so that, so that the people can also be assisted in the areas where they are? And then you don't need to travel to town uh, to be assisted uh, and all of that. So that's the question that I wanted to actually pose as well, Honorable Chairperson. But the other thing, I actually want to put a proposal to the portfolio committee. In terms of the ECDs, I know that we are supposed to rise now to go to recess or the constituency period. But I actually wanted to propose that maybe as part of the next term parliamentary, our portfolio committee program, we need to look at a date where we are going to invite provinces to come back to the portfolio committee and then we interrogate and then we also get an update about the situations in the ECDs as to what is happening per province. So I want to put that proposal to the portfolio committee. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Stock. Uh, Honorable Mangani. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, I just want to get the, the, uh, the real clarity uh, from the issue of ECDs. I've heard uh, when uh, he present, he says uh, at the rural, they are still having the challenge because they don't have, most of them, they don't have the, the gadget to can apply. So I just want to check because uh, at the rural is where these unregistered ECDs are. How are they going to reach? Because uh, I, I hear him speaking about the 
social worker or volunteer to go and register? Where can somebody find it in the rural, specifically where I come from and in the Northwest province? I want to know if I want to check, where can I get hold of them? I'm situated in Mohwase, uh, Moses Kotani uh, municipality. So I want to check where can I get hold of them because uh, uh, last time I was told that there are volunteers from NDA, but I've never come across it. That we're told that these NDA volunteers are going to assist SASA in terms of registering the SRD. So I've never come across it. And the other question is that I want to know, as we speak now, uh, has the department addressed that lack of coordination in the distribution of food parcels, which have been viewed as a main challenge? And then lastly, Chair, when are we going to, I, I heard about this food, uh, 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 we talk more about this food parcel because we have never, we didn't uh, know that we will have us. But now as we are faced with this pandemic, what lesson have been learned from all this entire uh, issue of pandemic on how the department can advance the developmental social welfare approach. Thank you, Chair. Time management is so excellent. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Chair. I'll do as such others have been covered by other honorable members. But Chair, I'm also um, want to emphasize on this issue of the 350. It's a sore issue, it's a critical care. I had the minister. Answer. Somebody is not muted here. Please. I was saying I had the minister answering some of the questions that are being asked. But mine is that when you see the long queues in the towns, in the townships, you really feel offended. Can't we, whilst um, we are on the constituency period, because the department will be there, can't we request the department to ask um, reports from provinces, from each provinces? Because this is a sore thing, the prickle pair in provinces, the one of the 350. People are waking up as early as 2 a.m. to go to chew in town. Now, what I would like to ask 
because I understand that this is under the, 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 the service provider. Uh, so the, sorry, sorry, Honorable Van. Uh, can technical people chat the people who are not muted, please? Uh, Chairperson, uh, can I just suggest that unmute everyone? Uh, Mama Mvana and yourself can just unmute yourself. Okay. So. Proceed, Honorable okay. So what I was asking, Chair, is... Uh, Mama Mvana, can you just unmute yourself again, please, and Chairperson? Thank you. Okay. Okay. I was checking whether can't we request the reports from the provinces and check the progress on this list. I've heard the presenter saying that they they are being given SMSs to know whether the 350 is in or on or not. But people keep on chewing them. The best thing, can't we request the service provider, the post office, to try? Maybe it's the, um, the management in terms of the post offices. Because almost every day, the one thing that we'll get now is to hear that uh, someone has died on the queue because of hunger or because of long waiting. So can't we resolve this of 350 once and for all? in terms of the post office on managing these choose these long queues. The last one, Chairperson, is this one of the vouchers. Uh, I also heard that uh, we continue with the vouchers now instead of the food. Yes, yes, we are for those vouchers because we have discussed most this issue of giving them groceries, uh, which is not fine for us. Then vouchers are preferable. So let's let's look at it. It will have its challenges and and disadvantages and advantages. I think let me stop there, Chair. Not to waste time. Thanks. Thank you, Honorable Vana. Honorable Aris, I'm told is back. Honorable Aris. Honorable Aris. He's muted. She's muted, Jim. Can you unmute her? Che, can you hear me? Yes, on Skyward. Yes, thank you very much, Che. Che, mine is just on, on slide 10. The department did indicate they got about 7 million and something. Um, I cannot open the slide. They got about 7 million applicants, which um, 5 million is approved. But when you do your calculation, they think 2,1 million has been declined. However, if you do your calculation in terms of the total amount of applicants received, there's about 2,7 million people, that, which means that are supposed to be in decline. What happened to the other applicants? The department don't indicate they in that time. Then, um, chairperson, then also I would like to find out in, in terms of the payments. They have indicated that in May they have paid 4,3 million uh, uh, applicants. And then 
for June and July, double payments for 2.4 million. My question then is, for the end of July, it means that the 4.3 million people that have received their grants in May must also then receive at the end of July. I just need clarity on that focus because it, it, it don't make sense to me. Uh, can the department just please give us clarity on that? And then in terms of slide 19, Chairperson, I'm really disgusted by this slide. We must really look into, yeah, I feel disgusted because if you look at slide 19, in terms of, 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 of the food, there's about 69,000 food parcels for the past three, and I'm sorry, uh, past three months to a cost of 48 million. But then you look at the Western Cape, you look at the same footer that even have lesser, uh, also 48 million. But when you look up at the amount of food parcels that they will provide, it's more than 120,000. The same with Mapumalanga. Uh, Mapumalanga will provide 144 over the three months at a cost of 209 million. And then you look at the Northern Cape that will provide 143,100 for 77 million. Chairperson, I'll put you. Hi. Wait. Honorable is going to repeat to us, was it Northern Cape or what? Northern Cape got 143,100. Hmm. For the three months, when you look at the cost, it's seventy-seven million one hundred and fifty-four. Okay, okay. all right. Thousand six hundred. All right. So please, we cannot. I mean, we our people need food. Our people need. Our people are in need. Are in dire need in this country. It cannot happen that in in for the same. If you look at these totals, it is it is disgusting. I cannot. I cannot. Uh, say it otherwise. The chairperson, when you look at uh, um, this whole thing, okay. Then chairperson, I have posted the video on the group as well, and I think many of the members, because I was locked up, many of the members did mention it. it it's terrible that how our people, you know, standing in these queues waiting for this standard and preparing. What happened to the e-wallet system? Now that the post office are the only, you know, service providers that are paying out these these things. And since I have seen in that report, people have challenges with banking details and and, and, and the reasons for for not, um, you know, getting their money through the banks. And then, Chairperson, I've written an article recently in the newspaper that there there was people that trying to hack the system of Sasa. And my question. That, that immediately arises, how secure are the system of SASA? Because if people that will be able to, to, to possibly have, have the system, I just want to find out how secure are the system of, of, of SASA. Then in terms of the chair, it is disgusting to see how people are sleeping outside in the cold in front of SASA's office. Uh, we really need to look at how can we provide even transport for our specifically elderly and disabled people that are sleeping in front of SASA's um, offices. Then I would like to know what's the reason for the change of um, the payment of disability grants. And then Chairperson, Harper um, has indicated that 6 million people 
that they have reached the food. What about the 8 million people that are put insecure? What is the plan to ensure that, 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 that people get access um, to food? And then uh, we would also like to see that the department must really give us a, a, a table whether they will give food or whether they will give vouchers on how they will distribute these things to ensure that these food or these food vouchers get to the right people and the right people really benefit out of it. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Aris. Uh, Honorable Abrams. Um, thank you, thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to the department for the presentation. Um, Chairperson, and thank you for the five minutes, Chair. Um, Chairperson, I want to take um, the Honourable Mavano's um, request a step further, and through you, while we are on our constituency break, um, our responsibility to our constituents and to this portfolio doesn't change, and I would like to, through you, Chair, ask if the department cannot make a presentation of a, a weekly presentation available um, on the COVID-19 status um, to this department available. Um, then Chair for Sasa, um, I'd like to alert or ask um, the CEO if she is aware that um, um, some of the officials are requesting that uh, the COVID-19 grant applicants apply for um, a grant every new month, each month. And I mean, the email that I'm reading here, it says you are kindly, to you are kindly to advise to lodge a new application for each month because each application must go through a verification process to confirm the, the applicant's financial status for each month. Um, so if Sasa can just speak to that. And then also for Sasa, I know we may have all seen that one of the mayors in Free State's wives' spouses were benefiting from child support grants to the tune of 50,000. And now that we have, Sasa has access to various databases, UIF, SARS, et cetera, I'd like to know, um, you know, how many more fraudulent cases have Sasa picked up on? And also, um, what is the legal action that Sasa will be taking against the, this um, person in particular, this woman in particular, and if she's going to be requested to pay back the money, um, etc. Um, and then also on the national population register that's being used in the verification process, what data are you actually using? Because the last time I checked, the last census was in 2011, and that's nine years ago, rendering a lot of that data um, you know, old, um, children move out the house, people, situations change, etc. And then also, um, slide 19 to the department needs a lot of explaining, um, you know, what three months is the department referring to? Where is this money? Where are the provinces going to get this money? Is it coming from national treasury or do they need to make more cuts to their programs? You know, um, where do these figures come back? Are these brand new households that will be receiving parcels for the very first time? Or are these households we are now going back to? So if I can just explain um, slide 19 in a lot more detail. Um, then also, um, 
I wanted to also request Sasa, since we're changing the 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 payment dates for the older persons grant and disabilities grant, um, I found this information out on you know Twitter and in the newspaper, but not everybody has access to that. And I wanted to ask what would it be possible to maybe send the disability and older person grants recipients an SMS to inform them of this change, if that's a viable option. And then Chair, on the issue of ECDs. So, you know that the number is much bigger than anybody would have thought of all the ECDs registered and unregistered. And it, it hurts my heart because that just gives us an understanding of, you know, how many people were actually suffering while the ECDs were closed for so long. And if we're gonna ask for a complete state of ECDs, then the department needs to give us a complete state of ECDs. And I found that there was a lot of questions or information that was missing from the presentation. Um, information like, um, you know, um, which ECDs requested PPE or what is the status on the support package that the department were off was offering? You know, how many of the unregistered ECDs are actually conditionally registered? And also the breakdown, how many of these ECDs are toy libraries, mobile ECDs, um, or centre-based ECDs like orphanages and child youth care centres? Um, and also, you know, the difference between what the department knew prior to Vangasali and what Vangasali actually achieved, that will be the true impact of the actual program. And then... Your time is up, honourable member. That was that five minutes. Just last, yes. last, lastly... You okay, just, the 10, 16, then subtract oh, five. Just, just two very important points, uh, Chairperson. Just also that if since there is so many unregistered ECDs, when will the department also acknowledge that maybe this one size fits all registration um, of ECDs? It's not, it's not working. It hasn't been working. And then lastly, on the 1.3 billion that the department is now thinking of using to employ comp compliance monitors. Surely that money should rather go directly into the ECE since we have requested volunteers, NGOs to go and perform the M&E process. Thank you. People have come up, but surely this money should go directly to the ECDs and not to Honourable comply. Member. Honourable member, I think you Yes, yes. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. I, I will try and be brief because I think um, all my colleagues have covered most of my questions. But but thank you very much to, to the department, uh, also to you, uh, Chairperson, with your introductory remarks. Um, I also want to say to the Minister that I want to assure her that all at all times when we um, participate in these portfolio committees or even in debates, we do so um, out of a spirit of goodwill, we want to work with the department. Uh, we, I, I do believe we always offer constructive criticism um, uh, and we don't mean it in any way other than being constructive. And I also wanted to say that, you know, we must never forget that when we, in our constituencies, people don't really see us as members of parliament, but as representatives of, of DSD and SASA, because they, some people don't really distinguish um, because we serve on this portfolio committee, they, they do think we, we've got all the answers and we, we must be able to help them. And I just wanted to say that when 
a young man in my constituency contemplated poisoning his family because they had run out of food. Um, I actually paid him that 350 rand grant because his grant had not reached them. So I always want to say that we, we, we engage in good faith. And um, yes, I thank the, the minister for her interaction. I wanted to just quickly speak to the CEO of SASA on, on the issues of the challenges in, in the payment system. I, I really need to get clarity as to what, what are still at this stage the challenges that are being experienced. Because, for example, I've got a Mr. Ngumalu who is a retired police officer. He tells me that he's been rejected because the home affairs systems are saying that his details are not matching his application. But he tells me he's a retired police officer. He's voted many times. So he, he questions that. And like I said before, he's been unable to, to successfully appeal his rejection. The same with Mr. Khadebe. Mr. Khadebe tells me he was in prison, he's just been released, but the system that Sasa is relying on is telling him that he has been employed for the past 18 months. I've got many members who've, who've told me, uh, Mr. Naidu, various other people who said that they were approved in May, they've been um, given that they've given their bank details and they've not been paid. And I've actually gone onto the system myself to check with their ID numbers. It says they've been approved, it says when they should be paid, but there's no payments made. So I really need to understand how do we help our constituency because I'm really at this stage, e even this week, I, I was so at a loss of not being able to help people that I've referred some of them to, to Black Sash. So I really want to say that it pains us as well when we can't help people and we don't have answers. And, and really, I want to be assisted to know what, 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 what should we tell them? How do they, what is the best way of them helping themselves to get this 350 rand? I wanted to ask how many appeals are you currently dealing with um, so that are currently being reviewed? What, are, what is the total number there? I want to ask with regards to your payment system, I did ask the question uh, previously, but will you be able to give us a report of the uh, Mr. Tim Marcella uh, report uh, where he, he, he prepared the Reserve Bank report on the national banking payment system? He made certain uh, suggestions in terms of um, a payment system for SASA. And I wanted to ask, um, is it too late to move to the system that he, he proposed? Or, or is it not possible? Or is it not a suitable solution? Um, uh, I think last time you, you told me that, that you were not aware of the suggestions that um, the Reserve Bank had, had actually put on the table. But is it too late to move to it if it's possibly a better system that will help us pay people quicker, faster, and able to, to verify them quicker? Um, yeah, just a question on that. I also want to say that I've checked myself and many SASA numbers and call center numbers. The, the, it, it's not working. So I want to know whether SASA is aware of the fact that many of your call center numbers are not working um, and how are we going to address this? Because at the end of the day, the very long queues that we see outside SASA offices where, where pensioners are fending for themselves are because um, that's the only option of how they are able to receive help. Um, so that's another question. On the issue of social workers, recently uh, President Ramaphosa during, um, it was a GBV summit, he said that it is his wish um, that he would Maybe like to see. You must know you've got one minute to go. I, I'm, all, I'm almost done. Thank you, Chairperson. Yeah. I wanted to quickly ask, in terms of the social worker issues, two questions. President Ramaphosa recently said that he wants all of them uh, that are sitting at home to be brought into employment. How far have we gone as DSD with discussions with other departments like your higher education, police, etc., to absorb these? Uh, my last question would be, I have raised this issue before um, and I just wanted to get an update. Firstly, on the issue of the non-payments of um, non-profit organizations in the Eastern Cape. 
as well as the short payments to NPOs and other provinces which affects um, services to shelters, people living with um, disabilities, HIV and AIDS, the elderly. Um, please can you give me an update in this regard, whether we know that these um, organizations have been paid and whether why 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 were cuts made to some of these subsidies? Um, and well, last, I'm done, I'm done, just last question. Um, I wanted to ask in terms of the funds that we were going to release uh, in terms of the national strategic plan, the emergency plan, the 50 million to the NGOs uh, in terms of our GBV interventions. Um, have we done that? Um, have they been paid? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, Honorable Masango. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you so much for the presentations and the interactions that have happened. And I just want to uh, acknowledge that most, if not all of the of the general questions that I had have been covered in some way by the uh, colleagues. So I'll benefit from the responses that will come back. I just have ex a specific questions or that, that are part of what one receives every day. And the first one being a question from a area called Tolo in the Eastern Cape, where they are saying that they have EPWP volunteers that have not received their stipends since April. I just would like to know how that works and how uh, this this organization can be assisted, if if at all. Um, and, and 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 because also they they mentioned in their in their call to me that their their partnership with IDT uh, expired in March. So I, I just would like to know how what the situation is in general, but w with this with this organization in particular, if that's if that's possible at all. The second one is a a call from a ECD teacher or, or educator or whomever it is that they, those people that teach children in ECDs, where they said to me that they get paid, this is a, a, a Department of Social Development uh, funded, if you like, ECD, and they say that they get paid every three months 2,300 rand. I just wanted to confirm if that's, that's what it should be or if the department doesn't have anything to do with it once the money has been transferred to a particular ECD. And then the last one, Chairperson, in June this year, I sent, uh, or I received rather, a voucher, a SASA voucher that is uh, um, that was that was issued to a a member of the public, and that was around the time when we were hearing that Sasa does not have vouchers anymore. I can be I might be wrong here, but this this uh, mem the other people in that area, which is Zanspreit in 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 Johannesburg, they then. On the basis of this voucher, that I have, I have the whole voucher with the name of the person whom I cannot obviously disclose. They then said, wanted to know why, why are some people getting these vouchers and why others not? Because I had said to them, Sasa is actually, um, Sasa is 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 um, getting out of vouchers or phasing out vouchers because there there was a meeting that we had had, and this is what I believe. 
uh, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the acting DG said. So I need to know this because one is, is hit by this question all the time, especially when people call you or send you a message and then you don't have, you say to them they must wait for the uh, for the response from from the depart from Sasa, and then they say, "Can you try and get us at least some food parcel or vouchers or whatever?" And then you say, "No, that is that is not uh, available anymore from Sasa." And then they hit you back with things like this example that I have here. So, chair, but otherwise, I really uh, would like to thank. The, the department and the EU chairperson, because I believe this is our last meeting before uh, the end of the term, and uh, thank the minister and his uh, uh, team and uh, the, the acting DG, and hope that we all come back from uh, the, 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 the constituency period safe and well. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Orbe Masako. She can't come back if she resigns. Chairperson. Uh, hey. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, Chai. Yes, proceed. Uh, hey, today is a, it's a very bad day to me. But firstly... <laughs> Firstly, Chair, uh, I just want to propose that uh, maybe on a, when we come back from recess, we can opt to use the Zoom than the Miss Teams. I don't know whether it's on my side only. In most cases, when we're using Miss Teams, it's a problem. I don't know whether it's a poor network on my side or it's not good enough to be used, I don't know. But my proposal will be, why can't we opt for the Zoom one? Because that one, uh, I don't find these difficulties like I'm experiencing now. Uh, but Chair, get, to your, get to your contribution. We'll hear that yeah, That's one of them because I, I didn't hear anything. So far, I'll, I'll be contributing on something which I didn't hear. That's the reason I'm starting with this one, Chair. I, I just want to check as, as to what consideration have been made in responding to the view that food challenges required a multi-pronged approach. What is the time frame for this approach if it will be implemented? The second one, Chair, is uh, what is the update on the work that is being conducted by the inter- Central Ministerial Advisory Committee that has been set up to contribute towards developing socially sustainable solutions to the challenges that comes with COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the third one is, uh, what is the total amount that has been disbursed thus far against the allocation budget? The last one, Chair, is the issue of uh, the post offices. I I had comrade stock a little bit, uh, honorable stock talking about it. I think there is a problem in most of the post offices. Yes, it is in it is far from where most of the people are staying. But another thing is the issue of uh, social distancing and the time spent 
they spend a lot of time there. And when you observe, the issue of social distancing is not ob being observed there. And sometimes the money arrives very late. Meanwhile, those people arrive earlier on the pay points, but the money comes very late. And that makes the, the recipient to stay there for the whole day. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Bilangulu. Uh, I think uh, the, the, uh, just before the department responds, uh, there is this issue, Honorable Minister, of the weekly brief, whether the committee meets or not. I think it could be a useful thing to, to, for the department to consider. And also, this question continues of alignment of issues like so many people in that province, so much that is being contributed. There's this call for alignment between resources spent and those who are recipients of the expenditure, which I think the department needs to probably look at. The issue of the choose is an Achilles heel for the department. I think, Honorable Minister, maybe uh, a presentation on the plan to deal with this matter, because this is the matter we come across everywhere. On the choose, whether the monies are finished or not finished, and so on. That matter is very, very, very serious. Lastly, Whenever we speak, whether it's ECD, whether it's people with disability, first with ECDs, I, I, I am not sure at what point is the transition from this department to this other department. But however, the point I wanted to make, whenever we are intervening, whether it's people with disability, whether it's ECD, it's always useful to know what's the problem situation that you guys are turning around so that we're able to check whether the interventions are making an impact or not. Having said that, uh, upfront, I want to apologize that I apologize late. Under any circumstances, at 10 to 11, I have to leave this meeting. My employer starts a meeting somewhere else. That is my political party, my apology about that. But I would request uh, Honorable Stock to proceed and, and actually finish the meeting. In the meantime, department, you've got... Uh, 20 minutes to respond. Department. Yeah, yeah. But I have prepared a very short... Uh, chairperson. Hola, Minister. Yes, Chairperson, uh, like yourself, I'll have to excuse myself. Uh, I did go and come back, but I'll have to excuse myself for the same reason. Um, that you 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 uh, you 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 put on the table. I do wish, Chairperson, though, to say maybe the department should also uh, uh, write uh, responses to some of the questions that are being posed by the members. Because unfortunately for us, I think the time that we are given as a portfolio, because we have to respond, um, the department, SASA, and NDA, the time that's given. It's really too much of a rush, and so we're not we're not giving enough time to respond. And um, so we, we should be able to write uh, uh, some of the uh, responses and, and and submit them to the to you, Chairperson, uh, uh, for everyone else. But also, I, sorry, sorry, Mister, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Well, can, 
will 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 thirty minutes try? Yes. No, I think the the, the response is um, uh, thirty minutes will be fine, uh, 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 Chairperson. But I'm just saying where questions have not been adequately responded okay. to. Right. I'm saying the department must then be able to write them because they're listening and they're hearing each and every member who's asking a question. That we must be able to respond also in writing as far as we we possibly can. And then I also had the issue of the request that we submit um, a weekly report. At, I, I'm not sure if I had that right, that we must submit weekly reports. Yes, there's a request for, to be considered by the department. You can tell us what, if there are any challenges. Well, no, we will we consider that. We're, we're asking you to go back and look at it. Okay. No, thank, thank you, Chairperson. We'll go back and look at it because when all is said and done, when we respond to those questions, it's not for purposes of just responding. It's, a, it's for purposes of ensuring that what the portfolio committee members in their oversight are asking us to do, we respond, we respond to it. I'll have a conversation with the portfolio overall to see how we can make sure that we do that because it doesn't necessarily have to be everything, but there are areas that are very critical which we think we can be able to submit uh, on a weekly basis. For instance, the data about how many people have been paid, how many people are still missing. Yes. I don't think that it can be difficult for us to submit reports on those issues on a weekly basis. Thank you very much, Chair. The department can take over and respond. All right. Uh, the, 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 as, you, as you proceed, ADG, then the person who will be in, coming in will be on a bus talk. So can the department proceed and then on a bus talk will be in charge? Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson, and uh, uh, thank you very much, members, for the questions. Um, uh, and uh, we've taken note of the questions. How I'd like to suggest we manage this is that I'll ask the CEO of the NDA to start in responding to questions related to the NDA, uh, and then the CEO of SASA to respond to questions relating to SASA, and then we will respond from the department side uh, accordingly in that regard. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, thank you, DG. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, on the questions by uh, Honorable Nguenya, uh, I'm happy to report that at first or initially when the, the National Treasury circulated the guidelines on how we're supposed to procure the PPEs, cooperatives in the main were excluded. And we took it upon ourselves as NGA to engage with the National Treasury as per our mandate to say we have to capacitate these communities or cooperatives for them to be able to sustain themselves. So it was a given to us that indeed from our database, we're able to highlight those who are ready and capable to produce this PPE, which was a, a win in essence in terms of making sure that they are not excluded for the economic opportunities. So in the question that says how many that are ready to produce, in the main, the cloth mask, already they've been producing school uniform SABS approves in terms of their standards. We are happy to say more than 7,000 of these uh, cooperatives are ready and capable to produce this cloth mask, including those of um, ECD learners. And we are happy to say 
they are guided by the standards that have been issued by Department of Health in terms of the three masks to be compliant, the, the three-ply three mask to be compliant. So on that part, I'm giving the members comfort to say, indeed, they are capable. We have about 7,000 that are readily available to produce this cloth mask, not only for the department, not only for the portfolio, but for the donors, independent donors, private sector, and other government departments. And um, in terms of the M&E of the uh, monies, in terms of 32 million, I need to uh, highlight and, and, and emphasize that the 32 million in the main was uh, is directed to the job opportunities or work opportunities of the unemployed youth that already have been participating with the CSOs. The CSO that we have contracted, which is 200 civil society organization in the country, merely gets the 5,000 for administration. The bulk of the millions that are, 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 are over and above that goes directly to the stipends of the volunteers, which is uh, accounted for by the CSOs that we have contracted. We have monitoring and evaluation tools that initially we did present at the portfolio committee that this is how we were rolling out this partnership with this civil society. They are compliant in terms of section 38.1J of the PFMA, it, it stipulates that when you partner with the civil society organization, you must ensure that in terms of compliance and accountability, the controls are there. That's what we satisfied ourselves through a due diligence that we contact, uh, conducted with this uh, uh, civil society organization. So indeed, we are ready. The CSOs benefit just 5,000 uh, rand per month for the period of six months that we are in contract with these civil society organizations. And if I can take the question of Honorable uh, uh, Manganye, uh, in Mahwasa we have in Bocha, we have a civil society organization that we are working with. They are located in the Moses Kotane local municipality, and they are called Bochabela Crisis Center. This is the civil society organization that we've partnered with to deploy the volunteers to assist the community, and we are happy to share the contact details. Of the, of the CSOs that we have partnered with so that the members get comfort in terms of getting direct contact if they don't see them in their nearest areas. Um, on the part of uh, Honorable Mas, on, on the part of the GBV, indeed we are implementing um, the CARA funded projects uh, in partnership with Department of Social Development. That's a question from Honorable Pandarmebe to say uh, the process that started as far back as in, in, in December in terms of applications and, 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 uh, and verification process up until March, yes, we are happy to say 312 civil society organizations will benefit from this. Others already have received their fair share as per minister statement yesterday, where by way of examples, she did allude to those who have benefited already in terms of the one was in Pomalang that she made example of. So indeed, 312 have benefited and we continue to finalize the processes in terms of after satisfying all the due diligence processes. On the question, although it doesn't talk to NDA directly, but NDA is an agent of government, which is all government departments, not merely social development. On the EPWP meta on the Eastern Cape, which they have partnered with IDT, we are happy to engage um, the relevant department that is the custodian of the EPWP program 
so that we can uh, provide an answer in terms of with regards to those unpaid volunteers, if that's what the question was referring to. Thank you, DG. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, CEO. Um, can I now please kindly request the CEO of SAMSA to respond? Uh, th th thank you very much, DG. I will ask uh, Diane uh, to respond on some of the operational issues. But I think it's important, uh, Member Sangu, you spoke about a voucher that was uh, provided in Zanspreet. It's important to highlight that that was not a SASA voucher. It's a, a NGO, a, a, a private company that was working uh, with an NGO in Zanspreet that wanted to provide support to people that were in that particular area that did not have food. They were wrong to use our, our brand because we did not agree. We just indicated to them that we will provide them data of people that are already receiving grants because they wanted to make sure that the food goes to those people that are not receiving grants uh, so that there's no double dipping. We've since engaged that company and indicated to them that especially if it's not even signed uh, by us, yes, they want to help communities, but they can't actually use our name and submit that in our name. And 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 the, the Gauteng uh, a, a, a REM was actually dealing with it so that we can resolve that. But it definitely was not a, our voucher because our voucher was a manual voucher. That's why we had to move away uh, from that. We currently are looking at two processes with regards to voucher because we realize that uh, just to note that we ended up going to the post office because the process was taking long one with the other channels that we had. The first channel being the one with the banks, which now are going to be able to start putting in place uh, in, 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 in August because it's taken longer because of all the requirements that came from National Treasury in terms of uh, the governance structures that we need to put in place uh, to be able to pay e-cash and that is now on track. We should be able to start uh, using that uh, from August so that we can be able to offload some of the clients uh, uh, from the post office, particularly those that have already made a preference to say they would uh, pre prefer to be paid uh, through a uh, cash send. But we will have to, to actually confirm that the, 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 the cell phone numbers that they are using are actually their cell phone numbers. There's a process that we've agreed on, but that at least is going to, 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 to be in place. So the e-cash is going to start uh, now in August uh, for us to offload some of the numbers. The other issue of the vouchers, we're looking at two processes because the idea was always to be able to use vouchers and the post office was a fallback because we already have an arrangement with them and we found that there were a lot of people that actually did not have bank accounts, but we needed to make sure that we pay people as quickly as we possibly can. So the one process is to use a transversal contract that we currently have uh, we've requested for, for National Treasury to allow us to use that process uh, whereby we have a contract currently with Vodacom to begin to pay using vouchers using that process. But the other one is a process whereby we will have our own electronic voucher. It's gone through the procurement process and that's what we're doing so that we can use this voucher not only for the 350 but also in future on the food side so that we can be able uh, to use that, that, that process. The other question that was asked was as to 
how many people have we actually paid uh, for 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 June and July at the reporting, as I indicated, we had just paid a, a million people. We currently are sitting at 3.959054 of people that we've paid for June and July with the approval in terms of the numbers being uh, uh, currently sitting at, at 5 million. Uh, we indicated that we pay 500,000 uh, people uh, every day to make sure that we put them through the process. So those numbers, the intention is to make sure that by uh, tomorrow, which is the cutoff date that we've paid all the people that have been approved also for June, July. It's important to also highlight that nobody has to reapply if you've already applied and you've been taken through the process. And we'll clarify that with the branches if it's creating confusion. We take the same data that we already have and we then on, on our own run it through all the different databases uh, that we have. And uh, we must say that it continues to prove to be a challenge to always uh, uh, refresh the database because on a monthly basis, we need to go back again to UIF and all the areas where we're getting the databases so that they can uh, get, give us refreshed information so that when we run the, 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 the issues through the database, we make sure that it's, it, it's done with a, a, a refreshed uh, a, a database. Uh, on the issue of... Um, the, the, the offices being rude, uh, uh, Honorable Briet, we will engage uh, the region to understand as to what is going there. It should not be the case. Uh, and we, 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 are, we are here to serve and we, we can't afford to be treating our, our, our clients uh, uh, with, with, without honor. So that we will address, ma'am. Uh, on the issue of uh, how do we actually make sure that uh, we, we review those applications, we indicated in the last report that we had reviewed uh, those applications that had come from UIF and a million additional uh, uh, applications were actually approved. And those people were paid together with the, with the May application numbers. And um, I think members have indicated that there are people that uh, uh, continuously are falling through the cracks. We indicated that there's about 7,000 people that uh, that applied with the, a, a first tranche of numbers and were trying on our own to clean the database, but we again are sending all those people the, the SMSs so that we can make sure that we update the information on them. And it's more because the information is, is, is not correct. And the, 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 the AG in the process of it, uh, doing the pre-audits, they always use the databases. And in instances where we don't use the database or we find that we then uh, uh, get uh, found to, to have a, a, a finding. So uh, engaging the AG to make sure that we've got all the other databases that they have that we may not have so that we can make sure that we, we align the process. Uh, Diane will speak to how to update the banking details in terms of how we and when do we open that window and also indicate uh, the issue of the appeals process in terms of what we're currently using. But we'll make sure that we document all the answers going forward. Thank you, Chair. Diane. Thank, thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, um, Chairperson and Honourable Members. Just a very short addition to what CEO had provided. The first one, um, we're aware that a number of people have been sent to the post office when that was not their first choice for payment. As CEO explained, 
part of the challenge was getting the contracts with the banks for the e-wallets and the, the cash send options in place. Um, we're now making progress on that. However, we are opening the window, which is available on our website from Monday the 3rd of August until Sunday the 9th of August, um, where the window for people to go in and change their method of payment is available. That will be on the SASA website. So anybody who's gone to the whose who's money's been sent to the post office who would like to change that and either upload details of their own bank account or choose a, a cash send option, please they are they're requested to go to the website in that window and update the information. We will be making um, it publicly known so that they know how to go in and do that updating and, and change that so that we can try and reduce the queues at the post office because it, it is a serious challenge and we do not want our clients to be standing in those kinds of queues. Then the issue, um, as much as CEO was saying that all the payments for June and July will be completed by tomorrow, which is our cutoff, I just wanted to add that that means that the money is available for the clients. However, to try and limit the numbers of people who go to the post offices daily to go and collect the SMS notifications for them to actually collect their information, to go and collect the cash is staggered. So they, they, we're really asking for everybody to wait until they receive that SMS so that by the time they go to the post office, the cash is in fact available and the queues are not the kind of queues that are going around the block, but that it's being managed according to a specific number of people per day. Um, just to try and, and enforce the social distancing and not have the crowds at post offices. The issue, um, the other last issue that I just wanted to raise a little bit about, and it speaks to the kind of queues at our local offices, talks to the reintroduction of the disability services by SASA. We do have specific days for, for specific grant types, um, and Mondays and Tuesdays are for older persons, Wednesdays and Thursdays for the children's grants, and then Friday for disability. Some of our local offices are also able to assist the people applying for disability grants on a Tuesday, but each office makes the call depending on the available resources. I just wanted to raise with the members that we do not have access to all of the health facilities yet. So with the disability grant application, we're trying very hard to do that on an appointment basis so that we can try and match the access to the facility for the assessment with the resources that we have and not have people who are trying to apply for disability grants extending um, or standing outside of our local offices. Um, it is something that we're trying to manage as best we can as we progressively up, uh, can extend that service. But there are challenges around the disability application. Thank you so much, Chair. Thank you very much, colleagues. Um, well, thank you, Chairperson. We will then ask, I'll ask. Honorable uh, Stock, can we proceed, uh, Honorable uh, Chair? Yeah, you can proceed, uh, ADG. Thanks. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Can I please quickly request Brenda to respond to issues pertaining to food? Uh, funny to respond to the issues related to corruption and ISA on the ECD issues in that order. Brenda, Fanny, and ISA. 
DDG thank you so much, ADG. Yes, thank you, ADG. Um, and, and thank you so much to all the portfolio committee members. Good morning to, to, to all the honorable members. The, the issues around food, in responding to them, I think it's worth prefacing the responses um, with a statement that says the numbers in the presentation that we were showing, our estimation was that 14 million people are food insecure in the country. And the money that is available for the sector to be able to pay for food is grossly inadequate. And so we will continue as, as COVID continues and as poverty escalates as a result of, of, of COVID to face more and more food insecurity. And this is why we are, as a department, making a bid for additional funding to be made available to this. But it's also the reason why we desperately need for the sponsors to continue to work with us and 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 plug the holes where the department is unable to reach all the people that have um, uh, food requirements. Um, so, so what we are saying is there's all there's actual food that gets provided in terms of the food parcels to address this, but also the 350 grant is also a mechanism to plug the food insecurity hole. We understand that it's not enough money, but it begins to at least address some of the, the dire need that people have. So as we extend coverage of, of, of uh, through the 350 grant and as we continue to provide food parcels, this is how the department is tackling the issues of food poverty in the country at the moment. Um, so, so with regards to how people access food, um, the, the way that we've been doing it is that we, we, we you'll recall that we use TFC and DCs that where people used to get warm food. So those people who were receiving warm food are now the people who are receiving food parcels. Those are the people that were prioritized to receive food parcels. But also, um, there's also referral mechanisms where people can be um, people can refer to provincial departments of social development to provide food to uh, to provide whoever it is that needs to be provided with a food person who might not be in that who are, might not have been receiving food from the CNDCs. They also can be referred to the provincial departments of social development um, in order to be able to access food. So so and we had also had food. Um, what do I call it, um, profiles. All of the provincial departments had profiled households in their communities to be able to say these are the, the households that are most uh, in need of support. And those households that were included in those, that were identified in the, in the profiles will also be um, prioritized to be able to receive food parcels. But the, the, the fact of the matter is even with, the, with that information, we are not able to reach every single person that needs food. And this is why we are working with various stakeholders to also assist us to be able to meet more and more of the need. But should there be a, an issue of some households not being able to, to for us not to have identified people, then those people can be referred to the individual provincial departments of social development for them also to be put on the list to be able to to to, to access food. Um, the the slide that that honourable Aris was referring to, that slide is is it's just if you see the the topic on the slide, it says projections. Basically, they, those were estimates provided to us by the provincial departments to say this is this is the food security needs we have been able to identify. But we accept that because their projections will not necessarily be 100% accurate, they are more likely to be underestimates of how much food is required. And as and when we get new and new data, we will then be updating those. But we are just making estimations of how many people we need to be providing food for, food for based on the information that's available to the provinces. And 
But also, if we were to provide just those people for three months, how much money we'd require. But the bid that we have made to Treasury is much more than that because we realize that, in fact, the amount of food that is required is much is for, for more than three months. So we would have to, as the information gets better and improves, that we would we would have to increase the numbers of people that we think need food, but also increase the request uh, for money that we're asking for to not just be for three months, but potentially for the for up to the end of the year. Similarly, we are also hoping that with, with the use of the 350 grant, we are able also to plug a hole that you might not be able to plug with the food parcels. So the two strategies working together, food parcels plus also moving towards the, the vouchers to make sure that we also improve access because it takes longer for us to reach people with food parcels than it would take if we were using the, the, the voucher system for this. And this is the thing that uh, the DG was talking about, that we are, we are beginning to, we're going to be piloting with the Solidarity Fund to see that we can maybe improve uh, and make it more efficient for people to access some sort of support so that they can be able to deal with their, their food insecurity needs. So that those are the kinds of approaches that we are that we are we are tackling. But I think this is a conversation we need to continue to have with the portfolio committee for as long as we are engaging with the portfolio committee and hopefully where there are suggestions and proposals of how we can improve, we, we welcome all of those inputs. But for now, this is those are the estimates that we've got. They're not 100%. Um, I, can, I can leave it at that for now, DG. Thank you very much, uh, Brenda, for that. Fanny, can you quickly speak to the issues related to corruption? Good morning, honorable members, uh, Minister. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, just before I talk about the fraud, uh, since the lockdown, the, Depart the National Department has spent over just over 19 million um, for the procurement of PPEs. Uh, we've used level one triple B EE um, service providers in this regard. Uh, we also ensured that we comply with all the supply chain procedures, that all these uh, service providers is actually in fact uh, on the CSD. Some of ones that were not, we've uh, assisted them to get onto the CSDs so that they all can offer those services, not just to us, but also to government. Uh, in terms of the question from Honorable Briet, uh, the decentralization of the PPEs, uh, just remember that this funding sits in the conditional grant uh, as such. We have been engaging with this provincial CFOs of DSD uh, on this process. We've given them the standard package that they must procure from. Uh, also, uh, we are in regular contact with them on a, on a weekly basis in terms of that. So when they have procured, uh, they have to submit all the relevant compliance documentation to us, the, the quotations, the invoices, the delivery notes, everything. And we will then verify if all compliance uh, uh, measures were followed in the procurement of the PPEs. Um, if the pricing is in, in terms of the standard pricing that we've uh, given to them, that it's not exceeding the pricing, um, and then we will only pay uh, based on the, all the documentation that's been submitted. And then on that basis, we will monitor and evaluate that no fraudulent transaction has taken place uh, for this. So until um, they've given us the sufficient documentation, until such time, then we will reimburse them for that procurement of PPEs. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. I'll ask you, sir, to quickly deal with the ECD stuff. Okay, thank you, Chairperson, and thank you, Honorable Minister and Acting DG. I'm going to respond to issues that pertain to 
uh, ECDs. The first one is about access to DSD offices for self-assessment. I think we are in agreement that it is very much important that we ensure that our ECD programs uh, access, you know, our offices in order for them to be able to conduct self-assessment. We have then established, you know, the teams at local and district level, and we've got team leaders, you know, and we'll be able to supply members with a list of team leaders together with the contacts. And in terms of the issue of um, Bangasali, um, I think there were three uh, three issues that were raised by the Honorable Abrams. The first one is in terms of, you know, uh, what is the status with regard to uh, Bangasali? Uh, uh, what was the status with regard to registration and unregistered that prior to Bangasali? And we must admit that, you know, the figures were very low, even with uh, the, the, and the registered one, we see them coming up and uh, we are going to provide members with, with, you know, the status with regard to the prior. But we also say that, you know, we expected that the figures are going to rise because we knew that there are, lot, there are lots of unregistered ECDs that we did not know about that, uh, you know, Bangasali have been able to reveal. So we are going to be able to provide members with a different, uh, the breakdown in terms of different modalities. However, we are saying that we've seen even for the past week, quite a number or a lot of data that is coming that necessitated us, you know, to also uh, extend the period of, you know, finalizing uh, the, the report on Bangasali. We were, we were envisaged to finalize it by today. However, because of the high numbers that also came last week, we have extended it again with two weeks and we'll be able to consolidate the report and we'll be providing members with regard to, you know, the, the breakdown according to different uh, modalities. Now, with regard to the issue of registration, yes, we agree with members that the one size fits all is not going to be applicable. That is why we, are, we have been able to develop a conditional a registration framework, which begin to categorize, you know, the registration of ECD facilities. The first one is about the bronze. The second one is about the silver. The other one is about, you know, the, the gold. And however, this uh, conditional grant, uh, the, I mean, the conditional registration framework is supposed to be also endorsed by Department of Health because it has got implication on EHPs. And therefore, we have advanced in terms of engagement with DOH. I think we are envisaging, you know, to ensure that the two uh, DGs meet for, for them to be able, you know, to assist in terms of endorsing that. Now, with regard to issue of subsidy, uh, we are providing 17 rand per child per day, and the ratios it's uh, in terms of uh, nutrition, it's 40%, in terms of salaries, it's 40%, and 20% for administration. Now, as the department, we are supposed to be able to provide in this uh, subsidy on a monthly basis. And I think what we can do is to check with provinces in terms of the status where they are with regard to, you know, a payment of subsidies to ECD centers because we are quite aware that it has been disrupted, you know, by the the, the COVID-19. However, we uh, we've been trying to get you know status report and we are continuing to do so. The issue of transition of ECD from DSD to DBE, I must uh, indicate that uh, 
GTEC has been appointed to try and assist the two departments with the transition. And there's a lot of progress that has been made. And uh, they have presented to the heads of social development in, in the last meeting. And they are currently, you know, scheduling, you know, to engage provinces in that regard. And we are saying that we will be able, you know, to update members on progress as when uh, there are updates. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Honorable Chairperson, let me just make it uh, one or two points very quickly, if I may. The f- uh, thank you very much, Chair. I, I, let me let me start by saying uh, I, I want to really welcome the 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 uh, the, the message relayed by Honorable Van der Merwe that uh, members of this committee. <laughs> Uh, representatives of the DSD portfolio, and indeed ambassadors of the DSD portfolio. And I want to commit here to this uh, committee that um, we, we we want to be able to arm you uh, as our ambassadors of the portfolio uh, to adequately represent us and fly the DSD portfolio flag uh, in your constituencies and beyond. And we want to do our best in order to do that, Chairperson. And, and I think that's a very welcomed uh, uh, statement by Honorable Van der Merwe. I also want to welcome the sentiments of the committee uh, in terms of um, uh, 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 requesting that um, provinces come and uh, engage with the committee uh, on um, uh, 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 the work related to ECDs. Um, uh, and uh, we will relay the message, of course, to the provinces uh, since we meet every Monday. Um, and. Um, we also uh, hope that uh, the committee will consider the same approach as it relates to food security programs, because, of course, these issues are, co- are, are very complex uh, in provinces and differ with various provinces. So we welcome that and we'll certainly relay the message. Chairperson, I also want to just um, uh, quickly just uh, respond to an issue raised by uh, Honorable um, um, uh, Masango, as well as um, uh, I think it was Honorable uh, Sukers around where do they find people to link uh, uh, with regards to um, those who need food, etc. We want to be able to share with you and the committee, Honorable Chairperson, uh, the glossary of our um, of the contact details of uh, the provincial uh, um, uh, co- um, leaders as it relates to the districts, um, rather the districts and and uh, and local leaders, um, both with, with in terms of uh, uh, those who are uh, supporting the food program, as well as those who are leading on the ECD programs. We can make that available to you. Um, and then also with regards to the EPD uh, uh, challenge in the Eastern Cape, we'll relay the message to the Eastern Cape. I think if Honorable Masango could share just a little bit more details with us via email, we'll be able to deal with that, of course, through the Secretary. Um, and um, I just also want to respond to a very important issue raised by Honorable Mangaye uh, around um, uh, uh, lessons uh, learned uh, towards the development of the social welfare approach. We want to say that this certainly is the opportune time to conclude our work on the white paper on social policy, on social development. And I think we'll begin to weave that into there. I I think that the 350 grants is the closest we've ever come uh, towards the realization of a universal provision of social security assistance. And uh, we've been working very hard looking at various policy measures in this regard um, that, of course, are pro-poor and uh, that are aimed at reducing inequality and poverty. And we'll continue that work uh, um, uh, and, uh, of course, engage with the committee in that regard. But lastly, Chairperson, uh, I thought that I should just also indicate that 
Um, as questions are raised in the meeting, uh, we will be able to, we, we do take notes of the questions. I think it will, however, help us if the secretary the secretariat uh, would be able to also assist us with those specific questions that will enable us to respond. Um, it's just to make sure that we cross-reference. Uh, we may miss one or two things here and there, uh, but we think we'll be able to do that accordingly. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Acting DG and the team. Uh, I think we, we are now done with the department. And uh, on behalf of the Portfolio Committee, uh, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for the comprehensive presentation that we have made to the Portfolio Committee today. We really appreciate the type of work interventions that we are making. But also we are actually inspired by your commitment to deal with the challenges and then also attend to the issues raised by honorable members in the portfolio committee, which is really appreciated. And then I would also like to take this opportunity to also appreciate your responses that you have made to us today. They are very detailed and uh, we believe that it's working progress. And then for as long as you are committed to do the work, but we continue to hold you accountable on the areas that you have committed to be able to do the work to improve the lives of our ordinary people on the ground. Uh, having said that, uh, honorable members, uh, uh, I think we are done now with the department. Uh, uh, so you are officially now released, uh, DG, the CEOs, and uh, the entire team, DSD. We can log out now uh, so that we conclude and deal with other internal matters of the portfolio committee. Uh, thank you very much. You are officially released, uh, honorable members. Uh, I mean, not honorable members, team DSD. Thank you very much. I, I think you're speaking thank to the future, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Team BSD. Thanks. All right. Honorable Sukas, you, uh, uh, you wanted to say something? Yes, Honorable um, Chairperson, I just wanted to remind the department that we're still waiting for information that we have requested, which one of which is the litigation costs, and the DG has not responded, and we've it was left out of the report as well. Oh, okay. Uh, now that they have left, but I think Lindy, you are taking note of this issue of the litigation cost, which was not covered in the responses of the DG. Can yes, I reminded yesterday. Oh, okay. I remind the department yesterday, but I'll, I'll, I'll continue again to remind them. Okay. Oh, well, thank you very yes. much, uh, uh, Lindy, for that intervention. Honorable members, uh, we are left with a few minutes and uh, just one item to finalize our engagement in the portfolio committee. We have to deal now in terms of the agenda with the, uh, the next term uh, program. And I think we need to give over to Lindy to take us through. Uh, we take it that the honorable members, because the information was circulated a long time ago to us, we've managed to peruse it. So we'll just write it, or maybe just do the high-level summary of the of the program. And then if there are areas where members want to make input and then contributions and all of that, we'll have to take note of that. And then it also applies to the issue of the minutes, uh, the different sets of minutes. Uh, but uh, let me give over to Lindy to take us through the program. Over to you, Lindy. Thanks. I'll try to flight it, um, I think, Chair. Um, 
No, why is that doing now? Yeah. Hey, it's disappointing now. Let me close everything. Okay, honorable members, just a, just a minute. We are trying to fly it and share the screen from Lindy, and then we proceed with the meeting. Lindy, if you are struggling, can you ask the host to maybe share from her side? Does she not have the information? No, we are uh, the, 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 the IT people are no longer supporting us now. We are on our own. that we do actually have copies that were sent to us. So we can just be taken through, I, I suppose. It, it, it's really not a problem. Thank yes, you very I much, Lindy. Oh, thank okay. You. Can you proceed from your side? Just take us to uh, the program. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, the, this is a program for the next term. Um, we have um, an, a matter before the committee to appoint the CDA board. So our first meeting will be on the 18th of August, where we invite you will be inviting we have a joint committee with the select committee on health and social services to receive a briefing on the national drug master plan. Uh, I think it's a long outstanding agenda item that the committee needs to consider. And then thereafter, the subcommittee, um, which will consist of four members from the portfolio committee and four members from the NSOP, will meet to discuss, uh, to recap on the recruitment process. And thereafter, we'll also get a presentation from the CTA board uh, on their challenges um, experience. And thereafter, we'll have a discussion on the shortlisting of candidates and adoption of the, of the subcommittee program. And then on the 18th, on the 19th of August, we will have our committee meeting where we'll receive um, a briefing from the DSD, from NDA and from SASA on progress made on the action plan responding to the AG audit findings. Uh, after that, the same day, we'll have a briefing from DSD, NDA and SASA um, yeah, on the action plans. Uh, uh, as well on the BRRR report that was compiled by the committee in last year. And then we'll have our normal um, uh, agenda, standing agenda, the up, uh, update on progress made to respond to COVID-19 pandemic issues. Um, then we'll proceed to the 26th of August 
Um, the item on this day is a briefing by the department on its first-term quarterly report on the financial and non-financial performance for 2020-2021. This is in preparation for, for BRRR because in October, um, at the fourth term, there will be a process to consider the annual report of the of, of the department and its entity. The, the, the quarterly report forms part of that process of BRRR. Thereafter, we'll have another agenda item on the 26th as well to receive our progress report from the department as to how they intend to meet the not Houting high court order on the backlog on foster care. Okay, and then um, we'll have another meeting on the Wednesday, the 2nd of September uh, from 9 till 1. We'll receive a briefing from DSD on its comprehensive plan to address gender-based violence and femicide in line with the National Strategic Plan on GBVF, um, family preservation programs, and anti-substance abuse programs, including the National Drug Master Plan. And then the second item, I think, um, through you, Chairperson, if the Connect Advisor could just quickly explain, there is another item, a referral from the, from the Speaker's Office around a petition from one of the stakeholders. A true chairperson, maybe just you only just to give a background around it and then so forth for the second agenda item. Okay, over to you, Yoli. Okay, thank you, acting chairperson, and good uh, good morning to the members. Uh, members, we a, a petition was referred to our committee from the speaker's office, and it's a petition that is from a a number of researchers and um, scientists from uh, various re uh, research institutions from the universities, for example, Stellenbosch, UCT, UWC, VETS. Basically, it's a petition on uh, measures that they propose will be uh, that they propose that will be will help in the fight against substance abuse, mainly linked to GBV. So they have about four or five of them, and one of them particularly relates to the social development sector, which is on the counseling and rehabilitation of people who are using substances. The other uh, proposals or measures they come, they're suggesting they relate to other committees like the trade and industry and transport in terms of the use of alcohol. I understand those two committees have bills before them speaking to those issues of keeping substance abuse in terms of um, drinking and driving and also keeping substance abuse in terms of advertising. So those issues, they don't really speak to us. So acting chairperson, the issues that they raise when I look through the National Drug Master Plan, I then could make a link to what they are suggesting, suggesting and what is provided for in the National Drug Master Plan in terms of strategies that are used to uh, cap the, 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 the sketch of substance abuse. The plan has about five, um, no, seven goals but we will learn more when the plan is, is presented to the committee. So some of those goals and they link to what these researchers are proposing. 
So based on that, Chairperson, then I felt like it was important that the committee meet with this um, group of researchers, particularly the Mr. Harrison, who was the one who submitted the petition on their behalf, and hear what they say and see how we can look holistically on this issue of substance abuse, particularly that it is found now that is highly linked to the BVF. So that's why that item is there, Chairperson. Are you done, Yoli? Okay. Yes, I'm done, Acting Chair. Okay, no, thank you very much. Uh, uh, honorable members, uh, we now table the program before you uh, as been presented by the committee secretariat. Uh, Sorry. Uh, comments and all of that. Olindi, you want to say something? Yes, Chair. Uh, there are two items that have not been covered. Um, the, the 11th of September and 18th of September, um, the, the members that are serving in the subcommittee, we, uh, we submitted a proposal that we have meetings in those two Fridays of the 11th and the 18th, just to um, uh, uh, start the shortlisting the, the process of the CTA board members. So we'll request a permission to hold that meeting because it will be during the consequency period. Thank you very much, Acting Chair. Oh, thank you very much, Lindy, for the, the presentation on the program. Honorable members, we now table the program, the revised third term committee program. Chairperson Luana. Me too, Chair. Richard Chair, questions, please. Okay, we've got uh, Honorable Luana, number one. Uh, we've got uh, Honorable Van der Merve, number two. And, and Honorable... Uh, is it Abrams? Honorable Masango and Honorable Abrams. In that order. Mgwenya. Or Honorable Mgwenya, the fifth. In that order, Honorable Members, over to you. Chair, I just want to ask whether what is it that is expected from us in that uh, program that talks about the petition forwarded to the committee? on measures to cap alcohol abuse. Are we going to discuss it or what? What's going to happen? Thanks. Okay, thank you, Honorable Mvana. Uh, Honorable van der Merve. Uh, Chair, no, I, I'm happy with the program as, as is, um, except that at one stage, I think we should uh, factor in what you had said earlier in terms of doing oversight. Um, whether at ECD centres or we still need to also pay a visit to the call centre, the gender-based violence call centre. I understand and, and appreciate that oversight at this stage while the virus is rampant is difficult, but otherwise um, I, I'm pretty happy with the programme as as it's been tabled, Chairperson. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Honourable van der Merve. Honourable Masambo and then... Thank you, Honourable Chair. For me, I, I, I think I, I want to um, welcome the, the contents of the, of the program, although I would like to find out if it's possible for us to switch the items that I believe are quite, uh, can one call them urgent or whatever, such as the last two uh, program items, your your GBV issue, and the and the preparation for the High Court 
uh, judgment. I, I, I wonder if it's possible to bring them forward because obviously we have the, the, the deadline of November, so we might want to interact with what the, where the department is in that score. And then, of course, the GBV is quite is quite huge at the moment in communities. If we can just, if it's possible at all, I don't, I, I'm not wanting to impose anything. But I was just hoping that we can switch those items and bring them forward. And then, and then, and then the the program. I, I'm I'm totally happy with it. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much, Honourable Masango. Honourable Abrams. Uh, thank you, Acting Chair. Chair, um, just. Um, I don't want to assume anything, so therefore to clarify, so there is no COVID-19 presentation on this program. Do, are we now assuming that at the start of every one of these committee meetings, the department is going to give us an update, a COVID update, or does it need to be put in this program the, 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 whether or not the department are going, to be, are going to be giving us the COVID presentation? Then also under the item of the foster care um, backlog, I've previously asked that the department please come and pre present the foster care monitoring tool that they are currently using. And I just want to know if we can't make a note of that in the program so that they do come and show us that foster care monitoring tool which I've asked for. And then also to once again support um, your request that the provinces come and report back and that I feel should be in this program. And then lastly, where the AG is going to come and report back to us. Um, and the minister spoke about it earlier, that they'll be looking at the PPE tenders. If we can make a special request that when they do report to us, if they can report to us on the discovery of those um, or investigation or um, into those PPEs. And then um, lastly, um, acting chairperson, and I'll forward the request in writing that at some point, um, I don't know if you'll put it in, in this term or whenever, that the department actually comes and presents the, the status of the e-food voucher. It came up a lot in discussion but I mean, if they can present to us where they are, where they're piloting, so that the committee has a better understanding of this e-food voucher. That's it. Okay, thank, uh, thank you, Honorable Abrams. Honorable members, uh, I will speak under correction. My understanding is that each and every committee meeting. Yeah, 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 yes, I will give you now, uh, Honorable Mbwenya, I didn't forget you. I just needed to clarify something quickly raised by Honorable Abrams. I will then give you an opportunity to raise or make your comment. The issue of the COVID-19 update, I think we've got an understanding that each and every portfolio committee meeting, we are going to get the update from the department. So it's a standing item in the program of the portfolio committee. That's my understanding. And I think we are still there, honorable members. So when we agree and adopt the program as is for the minor changes, uh, the update on COVID-19 will be a standing item on each and every portfolio committee meeting. That's my understanding. So, uh, Honorable Abrams, uh, we are going to receive updates. So, if, for an example, on the 26th of August, the program says this is what will be happening, the department is going to brief us on this item. On that day, we are still also going to receive an update as to what is happening in terms of COVID. I think that's my understanding. Uh, 
I think the program is fine, but uh, I would I would I would uh, reiterate the, the issue of the GBV uh, and, and femicide that maybe that should come at the top of, of the program immediately when we come back in August so that we deal with that immediately. And then also, um, I would also like to find out the issue of indeed the oversight. Uh, even if we do have the COVID-19, but I think with the portfolio that we are serving in, there are issues at some time that we need to go out and, and do oversight. I'm, I'm mostly interested with the ECDs as they are reopening and, and see and whether the, the evaluations that were made are true reflection and see the state of readiness of these ECDs. Uh, so if, if indeed we can do some oversight and agree as, as a portfolio committee uh, uh, which provinces we could visit and see exactly uh, in, in, in terms of the oversight. Uh, I think I've been covered by, by, by my colleagues and I would also need to find out on the issue of, oh yeah, the issue of the foster care. I do agree, Norma Masango, that as well should, should come up and go a bit higher in the program. And I do not have a problem if, if, if indeed we would need to meet on those Fridays to continue with the CDA, CDA board recruitment. Even if we have to meet on Friday, I totally agree with that. Should there be a need to do that? I don't see it as a problem at all. So yes, I, I think the program is fine if we can just consider uh, moving those, 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 uh, items that are considered uh, as agent. And my only concern, acting chair, I know that we are on virtual and time is limited and stuff, but just as a concern that I would like to put up, I sometimes feel that we do not have enough time to interrogate. The department doesn't have enough time to, to present, so everything is done rashly. So I would just put it up to the committee just as a concern. Uh, I understand that we are on virtual, we are timed and all those things, but it is a serious concern because issues are not thoroughly interrogated. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Mbwenya. I think some of the issues that we are raising or concerns are noted. Uh, and indeed, we hardly sometimes have time to interrogate and deal with some of the issues. We are being programmed and we are supposed to work on the program, timing and everything, and it sometimes uh, gets to frustrate us as honorable members. Uh, uh, honorable members, can we now table the program for adoption? Can we get the mover? Of course, what the additions, what the additions that were, or the proposal for amendments that were made. Like for an example, number one, the first amendment is that we need to reprioritize the program as is, it's fine, based on the uh, activities that are there in the program, they are okay, but we just need to, through the committee secretariat, to reprioritize them. The items that are most uh, urgent, they must go up in the program, and all of that, we structure it accordingly. There's a first amendment. Number two, we also need to include the issue of the ECDs, uh, because of the reopening of the ECDs. Uh, provinces need to come and update us as to where are we uh, about the ECDs. And then the last issue, honorable members, based on the program, is that uh, we also need to include 
the issue of the oversight. Uh, so the committee secretariat will then sit, uh, of course, with the chairperson, and then they will make uh, an assessment as to which provinces are mostly affected. And based on that, they will then agree or no. For an example, we are going to do an oversight in this province, and these are the areas that we are going to focus on, and all of that. And at least uh, we'll be able to move around and do our work oversight even during the COVID now. Most of the airports are open. Some of the honorable members are able to travel and all of that. Even if it's not all of us that will be able to travel, but we can do some of the oversight. So I think those are the issues really that captures our engagement with the program, which need to be added on into the program. But I had uh, honorable Panda yes. want to say something. Yes, sorry, sorry, um, acting chairperson. I, I forgot to, to, to mention something else. The, you know, for as long as I can rem remember, this department has been speaking about its monitoring and evaluation tool. And recently, and even today, it now speaks about an en enhanced monitoring and evaluation tool that will be online. It will be able to real-time track delivery of, say, for example, food parcels, etc. At one stage, we also need them to come and present this model to us so that we are brought on board in terms of how they do their oversight and monitoring and evaluation. Because they, they keep on feature, they, they mention it a lot, but we haven't been brought on board in terms of how it operates. And then I wanted to agree with Honorable Nguenya in terms of um, our limited time. And I was wanting to make a suggestion, maybe because we all, um, I think when we, when we ask our questions, we do all write them down. Um, maybe because I sometimes feel that hardly any of our questions or only uh, because of the limited time, not all of our questions are answered. Maybe at the end of each session, session we can actually submit our our questions in written, all of them that we've asked to to Lindy, so that it also makes easier for her when she has to pass it on to the commit uh, to the to the DG and his team, um, so that we also have sort of a written system that allows for for proper answers to come back to us. Because uh, otherwise, I fear that we ask a lot of questions and only a little bit is is answered. So maybe if we can have a system where after the meeting we submit also all our questions in in written form, if if that's possible for members. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honourable Farinberva. I think that can be done, Honourable Members. If you feel, if an Honourable Member includes a question and feel your question has not been adequately uh, responded to, uh, we need to interact with the Committee Secretary for the questions, and then they can be converted to written responses. And then it's where honorable members at least they will get adequate responses from the department. Uh, all the issues we have noted them, honorable members, the proposals, the amendments on the program, and then the way forward, including this one of the monitoring and evaluation. Uh, Can I have Oh, really wants to say something? Over to you, Rodi. Yes, Chair. Thank you. And I think Lindy will also be able to assist. There was a question from Honorable Mvana about what is expected of members uh, on that meeting when the petition is being presented to the members. Uh, members, you are expected to engage with the presentation, like a normal presentation before the committee, you ask questions and you come up with a way forward with regard to the petition as, you, as per the discussions. So it is like a normal engagement where the members will have their input on the petition, ma'am. And I see there's a comment from Honorable Sukels about the Children's Amendment Bill. It is expected that that will be covered, ma'am, when we deal with that report back on foster care. 
because that's part of it. And then in regards to the oversight uh, visits, we have a, a, um, on, a half chairperson, Honorable Frolic, every time uh, gives a guideline or a framework for that term on what should be before the committees. And in that uh, framework, it is specifically mentioned that committees will not be able to conduct oversight. So that's the reason that we do not have oversight on this program, members. And then members, with regards to the input on the ECD and the briefing by the AG, I want to uh, maybe plead with you, the items that are in that in the current uh, program, for example, the briefing on foster care, the briefing on the action plan, the committee had agreed to receive those briefing quarterly, so now they are due. And then uh, the, with regards to the briefing on AG, my maybe advice would be uh, next term, when we get the briefing from the AG in preparation for the BRRR. So that briefing may include what Honorable Abrams was talking about based on our on the input from the minister. Because the ones that we have would be action plans from the department, but maybe they can highlight if they have issues that they want to raise, what the AG uh, highlighted to them, maybe they can report on them. But there's still another opportunity where the AG will come before the committee to present uh, his findings. So that, that's my suggestion, uh, Honorable Abrams, same as with the ECD, that maybe we put it in the next program because next time, because this program has to take into consideration those items that are due, especially with the Central Drug Authority. We really, as a committee or as parliament, need to complete this process. As it is, the board is an interim board and a, a resolution was taken by the subcommittee that this process needs to be uh, completed uh, or expedited so that we can appoint permanent board members. And our program depends on the NCOP as well of their availability. So certain days we are not really able to change because they accommodate the select committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Oli, uh, for that clarity. I think it, uh, I mean, it clarifies a lot of issues that honorable members have raised. Uh, so now we are clear, honorable members, can I give to the committee secretary, Umamu Lindi? Okay. Uh, just to add, uh, thank you, thank you very much, person. Just to add on on what Yoli is is just uh, explaining to the committee, uh, is that our this program is based on the focus uh, areas that have been um, given to the committees to consider for this for this term. Um, what we can do, uh, members, is just to swap around the 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 GBV um, uh, uh, item to the to the 19th instead of of that 20 something. That we can uh, can we can swap around the the. the item within this program because this program is short week it's only it's a short term it's only three meetings but we and and those meetings are in preparation of of the 
BRRR, the most important items that we need to take into consideration for the BRRR is the action plan, is the quarterly reports, and then also we also included the issue of the foster care and well as the TPVF because it's one of the critical uh, issues that the committee needs to deal with within this term. So that's the proposal that that, that we can, I, I, I'll, I'll just swap around the, the, the agenda items. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Lindy. Honorable members, uh, we now table the, uh, the program for adoption. Can we get the mover and seconder? Then we'll move, move to the next. Honorable Mvana move. Honorable Mvana moves for the adoption of the program. Can we get the seconder? I will second, Chair, Honorable Van der Merwe. Honorable Van der Merwe. Van der Merwe, Honorable Member Akashenge. Let's second. <laughs> Thank you very much, Honorable Members. Is, we are now done uh, with the program. We move to the last item in the agenda, which is the item on the minutes. Can I give to the committee secretariat to take us through? But we take note of the fact that the minutes were also circulated a long time. So we take it that honorable members have time to go through the minutes. So Ulindi will not take us like word by word, sentence by sentence in the minutes. They will just present the minutes uh, like we normally do it. And then if there are other areas, uh, corrections, matters arising, we deal with it in, in one package. Over to you, honorable, I mean, Lindy, community secretariat, and take us through the minutes. Thanks. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Um, I think about four sets of minutes, uh, uh, a minute where we had um, a joint uh, meeting with the select committees. Um, the reason why I didn't present them in our last meeting, I was hoping that we would adopt them jointly, only to find out when I check with my peer from the select committee, they've already adopted the, the joint meetings uh, minutes. So the one for the 20, the first one, the first set is the one for the 23rd of April. Um, let me try to fly the chair. Okay, please fly it if you can. So it's not, um, it's denying me to do so. Oh, okay. Well, if it's denying you, uh, I think you can just present them from your side uh, because we've got them also on our side. Uh, I phone it. I phone it, I don't know that chair you want. Um, since the minutes were circulated to members, from the 23rd, uh, on the of the 23rd, um, we can just um, try to get sense from members if there are any um, amendments they want to propose, and then we go set by set in that approach. Yeah, maybe, want... yeah, maybe first and foremost, let's put it to the members. For yes. These are the four sets of minutes, and then do members agree on the approach which we want please, to take? Please. Mm. Yeah. The approach yeah. is perfect, Chair Bridget. Oh, okay. Bridget, uh, Honorable Masango is, is uh, agreeing with the approach. So I don't, I don't hear other honorable members having a fundamental problem about the approach. So no, let's present from your side. Okay, honorable members are in agreement. So let's present from your side. This is the set of minutes, this date, whatever, this is what happened. If there are issues, the honorable members will raise their issues. Thanks. 
Okay. Uh, Acting Chair, the set of minutes uh, is uh, is the minutes of the 23rd of, 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 of April, where we had a briefing, um, a joint meeting with the department, with the select committee, uh, where we receive a, a, a briefing from DC, DSD on the, to assess the performance in, in responding to the challenges brought about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the work of SASA. Um, I'll just, I'll highlight the members that were present um, from from the portfolio committee. We had Chairperson, uh, you member Stock, Mama Manganye, member Mutaung, member Abrahams, member Masango, uh, the late member. Um, uh, we have uh, member Aries, we have member Nguenya, we have member Fanda Merva, and we have member Sukars. And apologies are only from member Mvana. Okay. I'll assume that members went through to the minutes or if they want to make any, any amendments so that we can we can take into consideration. Okay. Any amendments, members, or input? Any input, amendment, or any issue on the minutes, honorable member? If there's none, we proceed. Uh, we are not sure. and proceed to the next one. Okay. Um, the, the mover and the proposal um, and the seconder, or we just want to. Approved I will at move, the end. Chair. We second. Sango moves and then Honorable Mangai second. Okay. And then the next set of minutes is the 29 of May. Okay. Uh, members, um, they, they, there's, we also had a joint um, a meeting with the select committee. And then the briefing, the agenda for this day was the briefing by NGOs on the COVID-19 related food security programs. We also rece received a briefing from DSD and its entities on their M&E and supervisory plans aimed at effective implementation of the department's programs, which is food distribution, psychosocial support, and GBV responding to the, to the COVID-19 pandemic. And then members that were present from this NA is the chairperson, member Stock, member Manganye, member Mvana, member Pilangulu, member Abrahams, member Masango, member Nguenya, member Aries, member Fanda Merve, and member Sukers. There were only two apologies from the members, member, the late member Mpambo Sipikwane and member Mutawung. So members, I wish to confirm that everyone that is here was in that meeting. And yeah, and that's all. I okay. wish to, is there any amendments or any input to the set of minutes of the 29th of May? I would like to move to adopt the meeting minutes, uh, Chair. Thanks. Vana seconds. Vana seconds. Okay. The next set of okay. minutes. Um, the next set of minutes, sorry, was the 7th of May, where we held a briefing. Um, from AG as well from AG and and NDA on their APP strat plan for 2020 21 uh, so um let me let me just read the members that were present on this day sorry man. okay members present were member Uh, the the acting chairperson on that day was member Manganye. We elected her as the acting chairperson. We had member Stock, member Mvana, member Mutaung, 
Uh, we have member Masango, the late member, member Pabosupokwane, member Abrahams, member Nguenya, member Aries, member Fandamerve, member Sukers. We only had two apologies run from member from the chairperson, members Akungubel and member Apilangulu. Um, so those are the minutes for the seventh. Uh, do you want to make any amendments input, Chairperson, or members, or any issue with the attendance? If not, I will request the mover and the and the second of the minutes of the seventh of May, members, honourable members. Moving for the adoption of the minutes, Chair Bridget Masang. Member Masango. The second, okay. 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 Thank you very much. And then we'll move to the minutes of the of the eighth uh, of the eighth of May. And and then in this meeting, it was the second day of the department to come. Uh, this time was the department and the SASA presented their um, um, APPs, uh, the budget allocation and, uh, for, for, the, for 2021, as well as the update on the progress made to respond to COVID-19 pandemic issue, um, issues. Members present on this meeting were um, member stock, the, uh, the chairperson, as acting chairperson, we've got member Mvane, we have member Mangwanye, we have member um, Sorry, sorry, it's the 8th of July. Sorry, sorry, I read, I read um, incorrect minutes. So now the one that I'm reading is the 8th of July, the revised APP, uh, where the department and its entity presented their revised APP. In this meeting, uh, Honorable um, Member Stock was the acting chairperson, and then we had Member Mvana, we have Member Manganye, we have Member Stock, your member Mutawung, we have member Masango, we have member Abrahams, we have member Nguenya, we have member Aries, we have member Fanda Merve, we have member Sukers, only the chairperson that was um, absent in this meeting of the 8th of July. I therefore request members to make any input if there are any um, amendments they want to propose. If not, we can just request the mover and the second of the minutes. Please, members. Nguenya moves for adoption. Thank you very much, ma'am. Member Stock. The second Okay, thank you very much. And then we will move to the minutes of... Um, uh, let's move to the minutes of the 15th of July. Um, the, our last meeting, we had member Kungubele. Um, the agenda for this meeting was the adoption of the um, report of, of the committee on the consideration of the adjusted annual performance plan and budget vote of DSD and its entities. And then in that meeting, we also adopted um, a, cap, a number of sets of minutes. Members that were present in this meeting were member Kungubele, Member Stock, Member Mvana, Member Manganye, Member Masango, Member Abrahams, Member Nguenya, Member Eris, Member Fanda Merve, and Member Sukers. Only one member that was not present, Member Mutawung. Um, I therefore request members to make an input, if not um, request a proposal and a seconder for the adoption of these minutes, members. Moving for adoption of the minutes, uh, Chinchi. 
there's only one set member that is for the 8th of May. Let me look for this. Okay. The last set members is the one, the last joint meeting we held with the select committee where we were also considering the strategy plan of the annual performance plans, um, the budget vote of DSD and its entities. And the members that were present in this meeting were member Kungubele, and we have member Stock, we have member Mvana, we had member Manganye, we had mem uh, member Mutawung, member Masango, the late member Pambosipukwana, member Abrahams, member Nguenya, member Iris, and member Fana Merva, and member Sukers, the whole committee was present in this meeting. So when we deal with our initial um, 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 strategy plan and APP of the department on the 8th of May. I therefore request the move proposer and the mover of these minutes for the 8th of May. Um, I move. Lindy Member Sukar, yes, yes, member, thank you very much. And the mover. Second. Member Mban. All members are present. Thank you very much. Over to thank you, me. Acting Chair. Oh, thank you very much, uh, honorable members. I think uh, we are done with today's business. We are now moving to the last popular item in the agenda. Uh, <laughs> but before we deal with it, let me take this opportunity to thank all of you for your participation, for your constructive criticism, and also for your commitment to hold the department accountable. I think it's our responsibility as members of the portfolio, irrespective of our political affiliation. There's one thing that brings us together. We need to make sure that the money that is being budgeted for gets to the purpose where it is intended to, and our people on the ground benefits at the end of the day. I think we share a common vision when it comes to that. So let me appreciate honorable members for also having made time to attend today's meeting, uh, to participate also in the virtual sitting of parliament. And I would also like to wish honorable members when we, because today is our last sitting, uh, when we move into the constituency period and the recess, the small recess, so that honorable members focus on their constituencies. Uh, it's not a rest for us as public representatives. We are resting in terms of the parliamentary program but the work continues on the ground. So we wish honorable members can also take precautionary measures in terms of COVID-19, keep well and stay safe, and uh, uh, so that we are all back when we resume again, parliament resumes for the third term program. Uh, honorable members, let me take this opportunity to officially declare this meeting uh, adjourned, and again, thank you for your participation. Thank you very much. The meeting is officially adjourned. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Bye, honorable members. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a nice day. Bye. Thanks, Doc. Exactly at 12 o'clock. <laughs>